welcome to episode 147 of the Finger Guns podcast. We're nearly at episode 150. That's absolutely insane. Joining me this week, I'm Roscoe, by the way. Hello. Joining me is Miles Thompson. Hello again, mate. Hello again, mate. It's been a whole week. I know, right? Another whole week has gone by. Hasn't felt like it. No, well, we'll sort of say it could have been maybe it's been what, six days because we did it late last week, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did actually think about it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense as to why it hasn't felt like a week then. But it has also gone very quick as well. And also had our lowest numbers of the year last week. So I'm not doing that oh, again. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not, I'm not putting up a, a weekly podcast on a Wednesday. Do you know what I reckon's happened? What? People have missed me. Yeah. You guys have, have just, haven't you? I yeah. can hear it. I can see it. <laughs> they must have just seen that it was like just me. And they were like, oh, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've heard her voice already, but she's back. After what seems like such a long time. Kat! Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Great pod last week. I was one of those listeners, and so was my mum. And she was very impressed when you swore. She thought the radio was swearing. And she was like, did he just swear on the radio? (laughs) (laughs) But I've missed you. How have my boys been? Yeah, good. I I actually watched In Bruges uh, once I finished editing the podcast. Did you see me? I didn't, I, I didn't see you. It was oh. it was recorded a long time ago, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, the, me just going in fucking broad just made me miss it. And I was like, I need to watch this film again. I haven't seen it in so long. I haven't um, seen it in so long. I should have watched it before I went. Such a great movie. Such a great movie. It how is. was how was Bruges? It was lovely, thank you. I, I didn't meet Colin Farrell. It was. Oh. Oh, I know. Damn him for not being frozen in time when the when the when the film is recorded. Damn him for you know. Being the penguin in Batman now, you know? Mm, <sighs> it was lovely. There was lots of chocolate. There was lots of just wonderful time spent with my mum. And yeah, that's, that's kind of priceless, isn't it? You know, when you move out, you, you don't really see your parents a lot. Or maybe you do. I don't know. I don't see my mum a lot anymore. So it was nice to, you know, I'm being a single, being an only child, my mum being divorced. It's nice. It was just nice, good quality time. Lots of croissants, oh. lots of chocolate. And it was really nice couple of foodie days I just ate a lot really to be honest with you Ross yeah had to be on soups since I've come back just because <laughs> like just eating enough for everybody really sure sure well that's what Bruges got some wonderful food yep absolutely. Uh, the, waffles yeah yeah also fun fact about in Bruges the movie um Matt Smith who played the 11th doctor in Doctor Who um was actually in that film but they cut out his entire character Oh, oh yeah. that's such a punch in the face. Was he not very good at it or something? It's, I don't know. They just maybe they just took out his character for narrative reasons. But yes, his entire deleted scenes are on YouTube. And um, yeah, he's very funny in it. He decapitates a police officer. It's very fun. Oh, very in uh, keeping with the Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, Doctor, what are you doing? <laughs> no, that's not- <laughs> you're not supposed to be this violent. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. There's my fun fact about In Bruges for you. Come back next week on the Thinking of Podcast for more for more fun <laughs> trivia about the, the movie. It's going to be like Bruges. a returning topic. Just Roscoe pulling out a fact about in Bruges. Um, but yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Working hard. Working hard as ever. I actually had a fun week playing video games, but we'll get into that very, very shortly in our Game of the Week. Actually, let's do it now. Game of the Week. Now, Miles <laughs> Thompson, what on earth is your Game of the Week? I'm not even ready to talk about it. It's so good. So good. I cannot believe you freaking finished it in what form. <laughs> I cannot believe. Right, I'm going to spoil it for everyone. Miles' oh. game of the week is Ghostwire Tokyo, right? It is. Yes, shock we horror. Got, we got the code on what? Friday? 
Yeah, so we got it on Friday, but I had to do the... Am I allowed to? I think I'm allowed to talk about it. The Salt and Sacrifice beta first. Yes. So we got that on the same day. So I had to play the Salt and Sacrifice beta from... I think I played it from like three till six. Then I had dinner. We watched a Gordon Ramsay. And then I played Ghostwire Tokyo from eight, half eight, all the way through to about half two, three o'clock. And then I got up on Saturday... And I did nothing else but play Ghostwire Tokyo for all of Saturday. And I finished it at, I want to say like quarter past 12 at night. So I finished on 15 hours in a day and an evening. Wow. That's... Which, now that I'm saying that out loud, makes me sound like a fucking loser, which I am. But equally, it was well worth it. I didn't want to say anything. But... <laughs> Just wanted to insinuate it, you know? No, no, that was crazy because the embargo was um, today, the day we're recording, the 21st of March. And we're like, oh, fucking hell. He's got no time at all to play this game. But look at that. You absolutely annihilated it, you freaking champion. I absolutely, yeah. I went I went hard on the game. <laughs> like, I went all in. And um, it was one of those where, like, I actually mentioned it at the end of the review, but... Um, I was almost a bit gutted that I had to rush through it. Not like I wasn't even rushing, to be honest, but just that I had to play it in such a condensed period of time. And I was sat there and I kind of finished it and I was like, I probably would have enjoyed it like 20 times more if I'd have had like a week to play this and I could have like spread it out and done it over time. But the game's fucking amazing. And just for context as well, when our dear Roscoe got the code for the game (laughs) and put it in the Slack I nigh on, Lost all of my shits, all of them. Oh my god! It, it it turned up, and I stood up out of my chair, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit! Oh, oh here we go!" And, actually, uh, I totally uh, resigned us like to not getting it. I was like, "Ah, we probably won't get it." You know, we'll be lucky if we do. And then, uh, well, uh, a huge thank you to Katie at Bethesda for believing in us enough. Legend, absolute what legend. A, what an absolute hero! Thank you very, very much indeed. Yeah. Code. We we're very appreciative. I had a very good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I suppose I should actually talk about the game now, shouldn't I? Oh, yeah, um, I suppose. Yeah, I oh, suppose it's if you want to read uh, Mars' review, it's live now on fingerguns.net. Okay, now we can go. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, yeah, so Ghostwire Tokyo. It is weird, wonderful. Not quite as scary as it kind of looked like it was going to be. Um, is it always better when you're here? Did anyone else hear that as well? What on earth is that? It's like this creepy story about this creepy voice that just affects, and then it's always better when you are here. Well, I got a voice. Well, I got a voice note from my girlfriend, and I thought I was on mute. (laughs) Oh, that's sickening. Well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? She would do great as a voiceover artist. I really thought that was like an AI just being, and it's not that she sounds like. Oh, God, I'm not that. I'm I'm not that alone. It's just Cortana in the background. No, but like, do you know what I mean? I didn't mean it offensively. Yes. Like, she yeah, was, yeah. That was, that was pretty shit hot. She sounded awesome. Yeah, but this it is, is this, always this better is all... when you're around Ross. It oh, is always. Thank you, Kat. This is all, this is very awkward. I apologise profusely. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, is that me doing that somehow? Are you uh, going to keep this in? <laughs> I think I might just, yes. Oh my God, please. Um, uh, I'm, I, I'm terribly sorry to interrupt you, Mars. I really didn't. Uh, didn't that's okay. To, no, don't worry. I'll, I I'll, didn't I'll, care I'll... to even listen to you. I was too bothered <laughs> yeah. about his girlfriend. <laughs> to be fair, you knew this was going to be a deep dive. Totally understandable. In my mind, I muted my laptop and then I took one headphone on one side <laughs> off so I could listen to the voice note whilst listening to you. 
and it all went fucking wrong, evidently. It, it did not go to plan. Um, right. <laughs> I'll start okay. again. I'll start again. I'm, I'm going to mute. Miles, please do tell us all about Ghost of White Tokyo. Um, so, yes, Ghost of White Tokyo. It is weird. It's wonderful. It's weirdly not as scary as I kind of expected it to be based on the trailers. Um, they kind of really hyped up like the horror aspect of it, of, you know, it was going to be a little bit like, channeling a bit of pt or a bit of like resident evil 7 but it's kind of not really that scary it's got a really creepy atmosphere in places there's maybe one two maximum actual jump scares um but it's more about like tension than it is actual like horror so if you're going if you're like a little bit avoidant about playing it because you've watched the trailer and you think oh that looks really scary and i don't like horror games you'll be fine it's not it's not that bad at all um the story was something that in the trailers wasn't like there wasn't really much to go on it was um quite like vague and nondescript as to what we were going to be doing how it was going to play and why we were doing anything of what was happening but the basic premise is that you're playing in like a a neon version of tokyo um in shibuya shibuya i want to say um and like this fog is (laughs) shibuya that girl is that from (laughs) now You're throwing me off, man. You're throwing me off. Um, and like a fog has kind of descended on it and all of the residents of the city have just completely vanished, like straight from where they were in like a moment. So just scattered across like the city, you'll just see like the remnants of people's clothes and suitcases and umbrellas everywhere. And just like loads of random everyday items that people would have just dropped as they were like vanished into thin air. Um, there's this new creepy mask wearing dude called Hanya and he's like skulking around the city up to no good. Um, and he's got like a legion of these creatures called the visitors that have kind of like taken the place of like it's like they're wearing everybody's like everyday attire. So some of them are dressed in like suits. They're like school children in like um, school uniforms. Um, there's like a kid one where they're in like red and bright yellow like jackets, like playing uh, hopscotch or whatever. Um, so it's like they've taken the real people's outfits, but now they're outfitted in these weird spiritual things. So like they've got a face, but they've got no eyes. There's just like two crevices where their eyes should be um or there's like this lady who's in like a trench coat she's got like this bloody smile like plastered across her face she tries to like stab you and stuff um it's got this real air of like an awesome atmosphere to it as you're like wandering the streets it's like completely eerie it's devoid of life but you you've got this constant sense of like this was a place with actual people in and it kind of gets around that issue of you know in fallout 76 they took out npcs and everybody went absolutely mental about how barren and boring it was and they've got around it this time because they've gone, ah, we have a narrative hook as to why that's actually happened. And we're going to replace that with like, there's just spirits all over the world who haven't been able to pass on. And it's your job to use this like paper. Um, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called like Katachiro, I want to say, um, to absorb them. And then you help them pass on by going to pay phones. Somehow they pass through the pay phone to some dude who helps them pass to the other side. And... Yeah, it's just got a really cool story to it. Much better than I expected it to be. The conclusion was really satisfying. Um, you'll find out a bit more about um, Akito, uh, who's the main character, and the kind of possession being who comes to be part of him, which gives him his powers, which is eth- ethereal, ethereal weaving, it's called. Um, so you've got water, you've got wind, and you've got fire. So like, uh, wind is like your machine gun, rapid fire, doesn't do a lot of damage, but it's quick and it can hold off lots of enemies at once. Uh, water acts as like your shotgun so you like unleash like a wave of it and it blasts enemies back really powerfully and then you've got fire which is just awesome you power it up and it shoots this mega flame ball and explodes and everything gets wrecked it's awesome um 
you get talismans which have like effects which you can use you've got a supercharged bow which you can use for like long range like attacks um you can take out pretty much any enemy in the game minus like bosses and the harder creatures and like two hits with it um and yeah that you've got stealth mechanics in there it's got all the things you would expect from like <coughs> a regular kind of action adventure game but obviously it's in first person instead of third um and it works really well it's not the best combat system you'll ever play. Um, I kind of wish there was a couple more powers that you got around the middle part because it once you get the initial three, you don't really get any more till the end of the game. Um, so I would have liked a little bit more to it. But as a starting point, as a combat system, it's really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just the open world. It's it's one of those things where if you like traditional open world formulas, as in like you go to a place, you unlock a tower, you unlock a bush in the map, you get side stuff that you can do. And then you do that and then you move on to the next story bit, which unlocks the next part of the map, et cetera. You know, it's very kind of formulaic in that regard. Um, but all the side stuff kind of ties into upgrading you. Every side piece of content or collectible or spirit that you gather either gives you XP or money or some kind of an upgrade system, whether it be a prayer bead, or like a buff effect or something like that. Um, so everything that you're doing is making you more powerful. And it also feeds into the narrative of making you like a, a nice dude going around helping spirits. Um, so the stories are really kind of genuine, they're quite emotive, and actually they were quite good side quests for open world fair. And yeah, it was just really fun. It was one of one of those where the open world progression's a little bit kind of questionable as to why it's open world, because you can only progress in like a very linear fashion. Um, so the fog will kill you if you enter it. You have to cleanse gates, which act as like towers or viewpoints or whatever. Um, but you only get access to gates in a certain sequence so you're effectively going up and around the map in a linear fashion and you can't really deviate you can't just wander off into a different part of the city before you've unlocked it um so the open world like side of it is a little bit kind of condensed and quite self-contained um which some people won't love and it's not like a 60 hour open world game like i said i finished all of the side quests all of the main quest and about half the collectibles in total in 15 hours if you want to get absolutely everything you're probably looking at 25 to 30 um, but this is not like a 60 hour Assassin's Creed behemoth type thing. Um, but it's just awesome. I love the tone of it. I love the atmosphere. I love the city that they've built. I love the fact that dogs and cats still roam the streets. So you can pet all of them and you can read their minds and you can feed them and then they'll dig up money for you because they're the best doggos ever. Um, all of the merchants. On, honestly, like if you haven't, don't want to buy this game, you can pet all the dogs, all of them, not just one of them, every single dog in the game. Um, and all of the merchants are yokai cats. So they're just, you go in to the shop and there's just this floating cat there and they'll be lounging around however they want to be. And they'll just make like cat puns at you as you buy things. And I'm like, this is incredible. Whoever thought this up, legend. Um, and yeah, it's just a really fun game. It's got a really nice story to it. It kind of peaks at the end. The conclusion to it's really, really, really amazing. Um, I really started to like the characters more than I ever expected to. And the city just felt awesome. You know, it's full of like Japanese folklore and Japanese tales and all of these kind of creatures that you've heard about randomly. You know, like an Oni, for example, I knew from Dead by Daylight mainly. And actually I found out what an Oni actually is, um, according to the Japanese kind of lore and stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm like learning stuff about Japan at the same time as having a really good time blasting, you know, faceless creatures with powers. Um, so yeah, I'll stop there because I know I've been rambling for a while, but Ghostwire Tokyo is awesome. If you want to know more, go read the review. But yeah, it's well worth getting and it's not as horror focused as it looked in the trailers. Okay, interesting. The Metacritic currently sits at 75. Yes. 
Do you think that's a that's a fair all round? I know you I know you went a little higher. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Do you see why some people may have some reservations about certain things? Yes, absolutely. And I think as I was writing it, I was kind of conscious of I knew my score was probably going to be higher than other people's because I think when you go into this game, like I said, the gameplay and the open world formula is very standard. You'll have played this kind of game before. It's got a couple of unique twists with the fact that it's powers instead of guns or whatever but you know even your powers function the same way you know you've got effectively an ammo counter which is just called something else um and once you run out of it you have to get more ammo for that power to use it more um you know like i said the open world is very linear it's very kind of you're doing towers you're collecting things you're just doing side quests um so in terms of its formula you'll have played this before and i think because of that it's not quite innovative enough to be getting nines and tens across the board like some other games um but I think if you've watched the trailers and you love the idea of like a Japanese Tokyo inspired open world story and narrative, it's very cutscene heavy in a lot of places. So if you like, you know, the, the kind of Japanese approach to storytelling, which is quite heavy on dialogue and cutscenes, you'll get on with this really well. So I think it's one of those games that either you'll love it because you get invested in the story and the world and the atmosphere it creates or you'll be playing it and you won't really care about those parts and the gameplay will be good. It will be serviceable, but it's not going to blow your mind. It's going to be a game that you think, yeah, this is six or a seven out of 10. I'm having fun with it. But once I'm done, I'm done with it kind of thing. Um, whereas for people like me who get really invested in like the lore and the the whole like narrative aspect to it, it will really suck you in and you'll have a much better time. Um, so I think 75 is probably about right because for a lot of people, they'll play it for gameplay and a lot of people play it for story. And you'll have two very different experiences depending on what you play it for. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was going to be divisive because there's a, um, I don't know. I didn't feel the hype for this one. Like, like others, you know? Yeah. People were like, yeah. Ghostwire is coming. It's going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. But you know, there was like, it's coming off like the, 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 the two punch of Elden Ring and Horizon <laughs> yeah, has yeah. really bitch slapped other games. You know what I mean? It really has. Yeah, I think it, it's quite unfortunate, really, because I think if this had come first, it would probably be getting mid 80s, I reckon, or kind of low 80s. But I think you've had Dying Light 2, you've had Elden Ring, you've had Horizon, which each in their own way has had an excellent open world, you know, really, really strong. And then you've got Ghostwire, which is much smaller, much more condensed. And it's quite weird in a lot of ways because of the trailers and its pre-release hype and stuff. And so it was always, like you said, going to be a little bit divisive in that way. Um, but I really think there's space for games like this, where they are the same formula, but much more like smaller in scope, because I quite appreciated the fact that I didn't have to plunge 50 hours into doing a bunch of random bullshit stuff, which is boring and uninteresting, to be able to get all the good stuff in terms of the story and the gameplay and just having fun with it, you know. This city is so condensed that you're constantly finding things to do every single street that you run down. There's not even a, a transport system. There's no cars or anything like that. You run everywhere. And you think that would get tiring, but it doesn't because the city is so tightly compact and you're constantly running into things to do that you just have fun with it. You just get lost for an hour and then suddenly you've realized an hour's gone. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's a shame that it's come out after all of those behemoths. And obviously, because it's got a slightly lower budget than those, it's not quite got the same hype to it. But I genuinely think if you like open world games or if you are if you watch a trailer and you think, huh, I'm kind of interested, then I think you'll get something out of this game. It's one of those where 
yeah, if you get into it, it'll hook you in quite quickly. Nice. Well, then that was good. So I took you. I probably love it. Out Play this it. week on uh, <laughs> it's PlayStation only, isn't it? Yeah, it's PS5 and PC. And if you pre-order it, you can get access to it tomorrow. If you don't, you'll get it on the 25th. Very, very cool. Uh, an Eastern-based open world. Where the hell are you, sleeping dogs, too? Huh? Where are you? <laughs> oh, that game That's was That's what unreal. we all want. Um, right then, Kat, <laughs> what's your game of the week? I feel like I don't need to uh, read Miles' review anymore. But still do, still do click <laughs> on the website. But uh, <laughs> um, so obviously I've been I've been in Bruges with Colin Farrell for the last week. In fucking um, Bruges. And I'm fucking Bruges. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um sorry, that is the only line of that film that I can that I've ever memorized. So <laughs> um so I've been trying because I think Horizon. It's a fucking humongous game. I've been trying to smash it out so I can, you know, play something different. And I'm not bored by any stretch of the imagination. I'm purposely, I purposely was going quite slow. Um, but now I am trying to just get through the story and wrap everything up and, and grab that platinum. Um, I'm nearly 70 hours in. Isn't that fucking nuts? God damn. God dang it. Um, and I was finished with the story. Well. I'm on the last last boss okay now I decided that they were kicking my ass just a weeny bit more because I wasn't my armor wasn't quite there and I was I got a down to uh, well I got them down to my last sliver my last sliver and then they stomped me and I was so angry I could have launched my PS5 controller through my TV so I loaded an old save and I'm like, right. And I think, I think, and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is also what Toby's had to do because Toby said that he was harvesting a lot of machines for a really long time. And I found that that's what I've been doing in the last two days um, for this last chapter. Now, do we know if there is some, much like the first game, some tube supercharged armor that you can discover? Oh, I don't think there is, you know. Oh, um, no. So right so there might be actually there is but it's not don't know how to say this without it's not as it's not as, it. not as op as the original one it's not that it's that a decision that you make in the game will give it to you or not oh. so it's complete so i don't know how far you are in ross if you've had to make any decisions which actually changed I'm the, really not the story that far into okay it. i'm so, so behind on bloody horizon so something they've actually done that is really, really cool is, you know, they used to, they had in the horizon, they had this in Zero Dawn a lot more than they do in Forbidden West, where you have like the way that you'll speak to somebody, whether you'll use logic, your heart, or just a bit of both. Yes. Yeah. So they'll do that. They'll, they'll still, do, still do that in this game. But what they've also decided to do is that with some side quests or with some, with the main story, you'll make a decision. And the decision might be, for example, um, an argument has taken place between, say, like two um, two factions, and you're going to decide which side you take. That then might be the decision of the other side dying, and that other that other side being in the rest of the game. And there's a decision a little later. And should you make one decision, you will get some armor. And should you make another decision, you will not get that armor. But you don't know that. 
and it won't tell you that I actually Ooh. looked that up because I wanted to know how important it was if I made <laughs> because I was like fuck this is a big decision I don't know what to do with this is this really important I, I don't know um and so I did look up you know what, am I going to disadvantage myself am I going to advantage myself is there like is it it does it matter because sometimes it will make you think you know sometimes games will make you think that you're actually playing a really big part and a lot you know with horizon it, it never is absolutely massive but you know if it's if it's between some cool armor or not i actually chose not to go with the armor but um just because i wanted to see the decision that i made out uh yeah so i'm literally tail end of it and then i'm just cleaning up so and i know what happens now i know what the story is um and so that's really fun um so i, okay. I pretty much just need to just need to kick some ass and then i'm done and then i'm gonna move on to some other games might move on to elden ring ha! i fucking kid because that would <laughs> do it <laughs> no that would that would re, re i don't know what the word is just that would just reignite every teenage anger issue i ever had i bet it would make that final boss in forbidden west really easy though yeah literally oh no i tell you what though i saw a hot take on twitter that forbidden west on hard on very hard difficulty is harder than elden ring and then some of the comments actually agreed well yeah have that have that from soft <laughs> gorilla with their souls like horizon game yeah apparently it's because the the machines apparently it's really annoying as well so when you get like a burrower which is essentially a watcher mm. um but it's like and you say you have like i don't know i don't know like five scrappers which are like your mid-sized machines the burrowers will absolutely dunk you because you're so focused on trying to get the scrappers that the burrowers dunk you on on mega hard because they're so annoying to get out of the way right so they say it's just infuriating to play um in a good way so but yeah i've seen a couple of that and i was shocked because i wow. thought he was being sarcastic <laughs> i thought he was just taking i thought he was just ripping the sword in a little bit but no he that was a really serious he was he was trying to explain it to people who were like you're just angry that horizon didn't do as well as forbidden mass uh, not horizon uh, that forbidden mass didn't do as, as well as Elden ring and he was like no 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 i've played both games and i love both games and now i'm replaying forbidden west on very difficult and it's harder and i was like damn how much yeah. time does this person have to re- to play Horizon twice and play Elden Ring all the way through as well? Jesus, they're like a hundred hour game each. Well, you never know. Well, you p- finished Ghost of Tokyo in like a day and a half. Yeah, but that's not. That was like yeah, 15 man. Hours you've got you, you've got no leg to stand on on this yeah. one. Right <laughs> I'm yeah. 15 hours into Elden Ring and I've beaten two of the story bosses out of like seven. <laughs> so yeah. Well, you shouldn't dawdle yeah. on your horse then, should you? Wow. Wow. wow, it's called Tora, man. Leave my alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my game of the week. I'm still trying to crash through that. Um, I'll have it finished in the next couple of days, I reckon. And Sweet. I will. That was a bit that gave me goosebumps and it did make me tear up a little bit. I was a bit like, that's the most badass oh, thing come ever. On, man. No, 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 don't be saying things like that. It's okay. You'll get I'm it too. So... I'm so behind on this bloody game. I really need to book a week off and just yeah, sit down and get it done. Smash it out, mate. Smash yeah. it out. Really tell well, but I get too busy with other games, mm. um, including a musical story, which I had for review. 
um, a long time ago, and I finally got around <laughs> to reviewing it. Yeah, I actually wondered the other day. I was like, I really want to know whether the musical story was good or not. Yeah, it turns out it's not really. I know. Um, it's, well, it, was, uh... it's kind of it's kind of mid. You know, it's I, I gave it a five. I think that was a fair score. Um, it, it it just does one thing, and it does one thing well. The music is superb. The animation and the visuals are really interesting. But it's just one thing, and it's just a rhythm game essentially, and uh, it's an interesting take on a rhythm game, but not enough to. When I finished it, I was hoping to, you know, feel something, and I felt nothing. Um, it was just a kind of a hollow, empty experience in the end. So um, yeah, didn't really think too much of a musical story. So my game of the week. I'm sorry, Cat. I'm really sorry about this, but it's my game of the week. Oh no! 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 It no, has no, to be. It, it has to be. It has to be because you're going to do it, aren't you? You're going to say it. You're going to say it, aren't you? Don't betray us like that. Can I? Can I? Can I guess what you're going to say? Go on. I'm going to say Grand Theft Auto Five, aren't you? Grand Theft Auto Five expanded and enhanced on PS Five. Sorry, I'm just going to go be safe now. Paul in Roscoe's suit, get out! (laughs) Let me tell you something. This game. It's the same game from it is 10 the years same game ago. I beat when I was 25. <laughs> but my God, you forget how fucking good it actually is, right? I haven't played this game for a long time. Not, not really fully. I've played GTA Online on and off. But to play the story again, to meet Michael, to meet Franklin, and to meet Trevor, you remember how well written they are and how much of a great story it actually is when you combine the three together. And I've just got lost in it all over again. Um, this update, visually, the performance RT mode, uh, performance ray tracing mode, 60 frames a second, ray tracing, this game looks the absolute bollocks. And I'm blown away um, in terms of how good it looks. This is the visuals that you know PC gamers were getting years ago. Uh, finally on consoles, but man, it just it just makes it feel so much more alive. Um, I don't know what Paul was bitching about; it was far more than just trees. Um, it's a it's a really beautiful kind of recreation of of um, Los Santos, and yeah, I'm all the way in again. I'm going to beat this thing again because the story has just sucked me in. Um, I still hate the controls. I hate the fact that you push forward and you don't really go forward for at least a second and a half until it actually happens. Um, I hate the controls, the guitars. I hate the f- the guitars, the cars. I hate the fact that they've added more traffic, so it's just it takes longer just to get everywhere because you're too busy smashing into the back of. Are they really? Cars. That's fucking hilarious. Um, it just there were just some little things that are like that was a really dumb decision, Rockstar. I want, I want more open roads, please. I don't want more busy roads. But oh. Yeah, I'm all the way in. This is this is Rockstar's masterpiece, and they obviously know it because they haven't released another one in the last ten years. But uh, yeah, and they have released another one. They've released seven more of the same <laughs> one. <laughs> I can't believe in a year where we've had Dying Light Two, Horizon Fitting West, Elden Ooh. Ring, and now Ghostwire Tokyo, and you're still playing Call of. <laughs> Call of Duty Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, well, what are you no, gonna do? You know, I mean, like, like oh, it's a great is, uh... game, but like, yeah, but it was a great thing. game like ten years That's ago. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it but it's still, so it's not it's game of the week game. if it's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I can have any game as my game of the week. Thank you very much. That's true. This is very true. This is I mean, very. You might true. need to put forward a motion that Grand Theft Auto now gets banned from game of the week until the next one. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> 
Like Sekiro needs to be banned. I was going to say, like, this is turning into the second Sekiro com- conversation, isn't it? My God. Funny. Um, so, yeah, there we are. Okay, I've said my piece. I'm done. Let's let's just move on. Okay, all of us. We can move on together. It's done. Agreed. I tried, Ross, and then you played it. <laughs> yeah, but you don't understand how pretty it looks. Oh, God. Send me a picture. Only, it was only eight quid. I was like, yep. Yeah, Sorry, Rockstar. I'm in. Let's do this. Uh, so, yeah, there we are. But let's get into some news. We've got no quiz this week, but there will be a quiz next week, uh, hopefully. Uh, we have been three weeks without a quiz. Miles is feeling really confident Sorry. and positive about himself. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> we need a quiz to bring him back down to Sorry, earth. Yeah, next week, the, quiz, down the, the chaotic cat quiz will be back. It's, it's only because I won the final quiz before we've had our hiatus for three weeks. So <laughs> I'm just riding that wave until we have the next one and I lose. Yeah, what kind of quiz do we fancy for next week? Do we fancy a theme? What do you want? Uh, I swear Sonic. to God, if you say... So- I knew you were going to say Sonic. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. I will not turn up that week if it's a Sonic quiz. Um, yeah, I mean, my game of the week next week, hopefully, will be a PC game because I can play PC games now. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, uh, I'll, uh, I want to get into some of my Steam library that I haven't been able to play. For ages. Um, anyway, let's get into some news. There is a lot of news, um, and we are already half an hour into this. That's, I think, the longest game of the week we've ever done. Um, Sorry. Totally cool, man. Totally cool. We had a big old AAA to talk about, so it's not a problem at all. But we are going to start with, well, we're all going to Hogwarts, ladies and gentlemen, because this week we saw the first gameplay footage of Hogwarts Legacy, and oh my, doesn't it look tremendous. We're very excited about this. There's still no date. It says holiday 2022, which will probably mean it's coming out Easter of 2023. But uh, we're still very, very excited um, about what we saw. And yes, yes, we know J.K. Rowling is a twat. And we do not condone nor support the views that she has on the transgender community. She's an idiot. But God damn it, I want to go to Hogwarts. So she can just suck it. Okay, the Wizarding World does not belong to her anymore. It belongs to everyone that loves it. And that's what I truly believe. I'm talking to people that love the Wizarding World. Kat, you were on holiday and you still made time to watch this state of play. I was very impressed. Damn right. <laughs> I was going to fucking Hogwarts, whether I was on holiday or not. <laughs> Tell me what you thought of the Hogwarts Legacy footage. I loved it. And I'll tell you why. Because I think that state of plays sometimes can be like political lectures like you ask a politician a load of questions and they don't really tell you the right answer and sometimes they feel like state of plays have that kind of going for them is that you expect you know you what you want from a state of play is the gameplay the combat the story you know seeing everything in in its full beautiful potential of what we're getting the graphics you know what's you know all the nitty-gritty stuff that we just want to see the collectibles the inventory and a lot of the times what you get is like some screenshots, a wheel for like 10 seconds that's just rotating. Um, and then an interview chatting about the game. And it's like, cool, put that on after. Ooh, listen to Cat throwing shade at the Gran Turismo 7 state of play. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, I did watch that too. And I was just a bit like, well, that was a wheel for 10 seconds. And to be fair, <laughs> Gran Turismo looks incredible. And so does Forza. But Oh, yeah, the state of play was fabulous. I'm getting really nuffed off, and I don't, I, th- I feel like Gorilla started this. Did you I don't just know. say I'm getting nuffed off? I, I wanted to say, like, I don't know what I wanted to say. I wanted to say niffed off. I don't know. Anyway, getting really niffed off. It's a word Nif- now, okay? Because c- of Niffler, right? Because yeah. of Niffler. 
in the yeah. Wizarding World. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> again, really niffed off of state of plays not having dates at the end. Don't dedicate don't fucking dedicate a whole game of 20 minutes to be like holidays and what's really funny about that is I actually told a very good friend and a very dedicated listener of um the Finger Guns podcast about Hogwarts because she is the biggest Potterhead I know and I know a lot of Potterheads um and she's the biggest one I know and she said to me oh well she had it pre-ordered before like when it was kind of being a, in a pre-order range um, and game gave her money back and when it, when it got delayed and she said to me oh well that's good at least it's on the holidays um so it's only a couple of months away and I said what no it'd be December and she went no the holidays I just want to preface with this with she's a teacher <laughs> so when they ah. said holidays she thought bless her soul they meant the summer holidays <laughs> Oh, no, that's not how it works in our industry, unfortunately. I know, I know. And I laughed and I cried and I laughed. And I cried for her because really I just stabbed her in the back even more by telling her that a game that she's waited for for about two years is now six months delayed in her timeline too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it was wonderful. It was everything I wanted to see from the state of play. It's, I mean, did it look a little bit rough around the edges in places? Yes. Do they still have eight months to fix that? Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy looked pretty chunky when we saw it at the at the um, at E3. Certainly did, and we were able to actually get a really nice game out of that when it when it kind of came back round. And I'm sure they will do the same. There was a couple of bits where Miles was absolutely sure that they would put in microtransactions, and the developers have confirmed there are going to be no microtransactions. It just looks amazing. Like the seasons change, you get to do spells, you get to choose your pet. I hope you get to choose your house because I'm going to be pretty livid if I get put in Hufflepuff. In Huffle, not to like slag off the Hufflepuffs. I'm just not a Hufflepuff and I don't this want my house to be in Hufflepuff. This was one of my issues with it, right? I don't want my house chosen for me. Yeah. By the stupid hat. I want to choose my house, but it looks like that's not going to be an option. <laughs> So I don't mind. So it would be nice to be able to have the option to be like, do you want to choose your house? Do you want to do it random? Because I think for the, I guess if I'm not going to make a character that doesn't look like me, or I'm going to make a character that's just a bit, you know, quirks or whatever. I'm pretty quirks, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll, I'll roll the dice, but I want to be my own. Ha- I'm rooting for my own house <laughs> still. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it does take away the magic if you choose away your own house. I still agree with the fact that I think they're missing maybe a slice of nostalgic pie by not doing it thousands of years after Potter as opposed to thousands of years before or even a hundred years after Potter because I think like you were saying last week Ross when this got brought up it would be nice to walk past the Triwizard it'd be nice to walk past you know um, memorials of certain characters <laughs> those who i will not name yeah i may have um, spoiled the entire the entire <laughs> franchise last week sorry about that guys let's see. <laughs> um i love that you get your own dobby though that's fucking awesome i i oh, yeah. had a little squeal of that um uh yeah i i thought it looked fabulous i thought it it's exactly what everybody wants and what everybody has hoped for in a Potter game for a really, really long time. You know, going to class. I'm really surprised with the decision of making it a fifth-year student because I think people would have wanted to maybe start at year one. But Mm. I guess you kind of are starting at year one because he's joining, or your character's joining Hogwarts late. 
but I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see the individuality of what you can do for your character, you know, and, you know, what kind of wizard or witch you can be. And it just looks amazing, doesn't it, though? Like, I, I don't think you can dunk on... I think everybody was so surprised by that state of play. Everybody, I haven't seen one bad comment mm. about it yet. And I, I think fair play to them. You know, it, it's about time because it's been delayed for like 50 billion years. But... Uh, <laughs> um, if that makes a good game and that gives us the pot of game that we want, I'm more than happy to wait. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, it's going to be the game of our dreams, I think. It's going to be um, sick. There's going to be as... a bunch of 35 year olds playing that game more than there is. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, Sean and Christine are going to get sucked into this shit. Yeah, absolutely. And also, as well, I think what you say about J.K. Rowling is really true. Is that we've kind of reclaimed the Potter world off of her. Like, yeah. like, fucker. And I think that, you know, you don't have to support, you know, you buy it in CEX. You know, someone yeah. said that to me. Someone said that to me. Like, buy it, yeah, buy it. Already, pre-owned. You're not, yeah, yeah, pre-owned, because you're not supporting it then. And, and yes, she is going to profit off this. Of course she is. But there are hundreds of people who have who have made this game who likely do not agree on or condone any of her actions or what she says mm. and they're stood with us as opposed to with her and they've put their blood heart you know blood and sweat and heart into this because they've wanted this just as much as we have yeah they um the interviews at the end of the state of play i think yes was testament yeah. to that absolutely and to be fair that's what the interview should be at the end of state of play <laughs> 20 minutes of the end because then i was happy i was like do you know what? i saw i saw a cracking state of play and i want to hear what you've got to say about it all because that looks mm. like an exciting game don't put it at the beginning because I don't care. Show me the fucking yeah. game. Show me the game. Show me the game. Show me the fucking game. Here's your yeah. fucking game. Show me the yeah. game. Do not make me a Hufflepuff. Um, yeah. But that's exciting as well because they're, they're getting to create things as well. Like we haven't ever seen the Hufflepuff cord, um, dorms. Yeah. And oh, you can go to Hogsmeade. It's just going to be the, the tits. It is going to be. It is going to be awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, it is a game that. I was introduced to the Harry Potter films when I lived in Butlins in 2011 with my dear friend Sam. And um, he said, have you seen any of them? I haven't seen any of them. So he watched them all from beginning to end um, over the course of a couple of weeks. And by the end of it, I was like, yep, I'm into this. And so I remember I remember chatting to him going, wouldn't it be cool to have an RPG where you could just kind of roam around Hogwarts and just explore it? And um, he was like, yeah, man, that'd be really cool. And so like, what? 12 years later here we are we finally have this game and yeah. it's so exciting uh, because yeah. as you know yeah i do i i understand what you're saying in regard to the timeline um and what i said sort of last week so yeah it, w- it would be cool to kind of go and search all the fan servicey bits you know that they've um that, that, that they could add um it would be fun to run into like a malfoy like 100 years later and see what they evolved into um i just i kind of in the back of my mind, I was always like, what if they do it set at the same time? Because that would be really fun, wouldn't it? You could like run into Draco Malfoy, but like red hair and a hand-me-down robe. He must be a Weasley. And you could just <laughs> you could just rip him to pieces with your wands and it'd be really fun. I mean, it would be cool if they were like fifth years or sixth years and you were on your first year. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I guess like... you'd have to follow whatever film that then lined up with. Yeah, I, I sort of understand what I do. This is a completely your story and your version of Hogwarts. And so, you know, they've... They, they're kind of going down that route with it. And I find that really interesting. Um, so, yeah, being able to explore Hogsmeade is going to be so much fun. And, yeah, it is my number one most anticipated game this year, without a doubt. Now that Horizon's out, um, 
the one I cannot wait for is this. Yeah, same. Mm. I'm super, super hyped. And we're all a part of me wishes there was multiplayer so we could all jump in and just explore each other's See, Hogwarts. Um- I was really surprised when people were like, what do you mean it's not multiplayer? Because mm. there's a lot of hate. Like that's I, I said that I didn't really see much hate. I didn't see any hate, but there was a lot of like, I guess, dis disconcertment of what do you mean there's no multiplayer? It doesn't look very multiplayer to me. I was mm. never under the impression it was multiplayer. I don't know where the, where people have got that from or where people have just assumed or I don't know. But for me, it, it never felt like it should be. And I, I see what you're saying, but I don't know if... Oh, no, I know. Like I mean, it. it it didn't have to be multiplayer in a sense that you know, um, it would be like a an MMO, so much. Sure. But it would be fun to explore Hogwarts with your friends and Hogsmeade with your friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah or it would be cool would be if fun. you could meet meet your friends at Hogsmeade. Yeah. So that if you were in different parts of the story, that wouldn't affect the castle kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that, would be, that would be really fun. Yeah. Um, but as it is, it's a single player RPG, so. Very re- you very rarely get multiplayer on these things anyway, so it's uh, yeah, it's completely cool. Um, Miles, you weren't so hot on Hogwarts Legacy, were you? I wasn't, no, you but... absolute Philistine. I know, I apologize, but I think it's because I have read the books and watched the movies, but I'm not a particularly big well, I'm not a pothead to be honest. I know of Harry Potter, like I said, I've watched and read them, but I'm not like deeper to the law or anything. Um as an actual... Let me tell you how it starts. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the have... so far, far away. That would have been embarrassing. I do have a finger guns fun fact for you. Go on. About Potter. Miles, you already know this. Oh. I was supposed to audition for Lynn Lovegood. Oh, yes. And my dad didn't take me. And it caused a massive family argument because it was open auditions. And I signed up and registered and got everything. And obviously, it got given to um, Ivana, whatever her name is, um, because of her eating disorder anyway. So the audition would have been fruitless. But Wow. Telling you now, I think I'd have made a cracking Luna. Hey there, Harry. Hey there, <laughs> <laughs> hey there Harry. My name's Kathleen and I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> You'd like to go down there, would you? That'd be fantastic. I, I, I could see you as Luna. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, someone told me in school when I was in school that they read the books before the film came out about Luna and they pictured me. Because of how batty she sounded, and I was like, I don't know if to be offended or like pretty flattered or <laughs> okay, a compliment, but it counts. <laughs> He's saying that if you were to get the part of Luna Lovegood in Harry Potter, we would have Ivana Lynch on this podcast instead of you. Potentially, I reckon she'd yeah. probably live my life. Yeah, she'd be in Somerset right now. Sucks to be her. Damn, <laughs> missing out, missing out on all the uh, <sighs> good cider. Yeah, the Taunton vibes. Yeah, yeah, she was absolutely, she's absolutely the hottest person that came out of that film. What well, really? Yeah, she's hot, but like, I don't want some Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's obviously, obviously very attractive, but yeah. Uh, well, you can, keep on, you can keep <laughs> on. You can keep on. I mean, I mean, all the obviously the hottest person that came out of Harry Potter was freaking Helena Helena Bonham Carter. Um, yeah, uh, she's a lot of people crushes, isn't she? <sighs> anyway, sorry, Miles, I properly interrupted you, but <laughs> all it doesn't actually damn matter day, because. Helena. I have a bad opinion anyway. Yeah, you have a wrong opinion anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. No, go on, go on. We must have both sides on this podcast. That is what it's all about. (laughs) Do carry on. Oh, boy, I'm walking straight into a fire here. Um, So I actually did like the 20 minutes of gameplay. I thought, like Kat said, it was nice to actually get a proper state of play. And I said I wanted to see how it played. And they showed a lot of how it played. All the upgrade systems, the world, and all the kind of features and mechanics that we can expect, which was cool. Uh, The magic combat 
didn't really appeal to me. Uh, it looked like something that will become quite repetitive quite quickly, and I'm going to get fucking sick of hearing them say the spell names after the first two times for each spell. I kind of uh, agree with that, yes. I yeah. Agree with that. The combat yeah. didn't look great. Yeah, like it looks like fine. Like it's not going to be bad. It just didn't look like it was going to have that much variety or that much, like, I don't know. But obviously you can't glean too much from it anyway, but the combat didn't really sell me too much. Um, parts of the trailer, I'm really surprised that they actually put chunks of it in because there was a section where they were showing like a bit on the short line. And on the left-hand side of the lighthouse part, the water looked amazing. It looked great. And if you looked on the right-hand side, it had no texture whatsoever. It was just this blanket dark blue. And I was like, that looks PS2 era. Like, how have you let that get through quality control and put that on a state of play? Uh, that's a nod to the Harry Potter game from the PlayStation 2. I mean, they shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> maybe, maybe let's just go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, there were just like chunks of it, which obviously I know, like Kat said, you know, they've got at least eight months. I'm still dubious that this is going to come out this year. Um, so they've got at least eight months to iron some of this out. But eight months is not a long time in video game development time for a game of this size and scale. And I just, I don't know. I just have this bad feeling that it's going to not feel particularly like this gen if that makes sense it's going to feel a little bit like it's the border of the ps4 gen um because certain parts of it just some of the animation wasn't great and like certain chunks of the graphics were just i don't know I, it was quite jarring for me i kept noticing it and even though i'm not like a graphics like bitch or anything it was just something that i kept noticing and picking up on um i could see from obviously like cat's reaction and from people in the slack that this is obviously a very authentic you know proper potter experience and for fans that's all you want and i think it's awesome that you guys are getting a game that's gonna you know give you all that fan service and give you that world but fleshed out even more and i actually quite like its approach of being in the past because it basically gives the writers free reign to do what the hell they want with it and they're not restrained by it and i think that can be quite liberating and it means that they can write you know a more free story in a way um so i'm i'm quite on board with that but it's one that i think i'm gonna be a bit more cautious about than maybe everyone else is because yeah i think as an actual game to play i'm not sure it's going to be up to the standard of others that i've released this year um so yeah i'm a little bit more skeptical on on that front because i don't have that kind of attachment or like emotional connection to the world and the books and everything that everyone else has so yeah i'm i hope it's good i really want it to be good for you guys i really do um i'm just not sure on it myself if that makes sense <laughs> breaking news elden ring better than hogwarts legacy confirmed on the finger guns podcast i would bet you all of my life savings that it will not be doing better than elden ring <laughs> mate i don't know if you are aware of the harry potter fandom this game regardless of whether it's good or bad is going to sell like an absolute motherfucker I mean, sales-wise, fine, but in terms of uh, its quality, I don't know. <laughs> we shall see. In terms of its... Get out. You oh, saw that gosh. gameplay. You saw I... that state of play. It that, looked... that combat system is not going to be... No, I'm sorry. It's not going to be as good as Elden Rings. Well, no, evidently, it's not going to be as good as Elden Rings. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's like the last thing on my mind right now. The, the the one thing on my mind is I get to explore Hogwarts, yeah, yeah. and that's going to be I mean. freaking sick. 
that's what I mean. You guys have got that kind of like connection to it, which means that you're going to love it. And that's that's really awesome that you guys are getting that game. But I don't have that connection. So for me, I was like watching like a video game trailer and I was like, oh, it's a game. It's not amazing. Um, Do you reckon but... they're going to recreate the stealth level in the PS2 game? Then the library stealth level? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, clunky like level clunky mechanics hard. and everything. Yeah. Shut up, Miles. No, I'm right. kidding. I'll stop now. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll go back on mute. <laughs> After all this time, sorry, I'm not sorry. No, yeah, oh, I didn't even finish the quote. He doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. <laughs> this guy's got no opinion. I don't care what this guy's opinion is. I'm just a fraud. Just ignore me. Fraud. <laughs> um, right. Um, I've actually got an interesting topic at the end, and so I'm going to zoom through these uh, next couple of things. Um, a new Witcher has been announced. Breaking news: um, CD Projekt Red have announced that there's a brand new Witcher game coming. Um, shocking, absolutely no one. Um, it says a new saga begins. Presumably that means this won't be a story about Geralt, maybe about someone else. Um, Miles, you were burned by CDPR. Where do you stand on a new Witcher being made by CD Projekt Red? I mean, I think like you said, it's the least surprising news of the decade. Um, yeah, I'm, I got burned hard by Cyberpunk, as we've spoken about before. So... Mm. I really hope this is going to be their redemption and they learn from their mistakes. They don't crunch their workers. They don't bullshit their way through the quality assurance stuff again. And they actually make a game that works because The Witcher 3 did release relatively buggy, not nearly as bad as um, Cyberpunk, of course. But, you know, people overlooked it because the quality of the game was still on show. You could still play it. I couldn't play Cyberpunk because it was fucking broken. Um, So this game's not going to release for like seven six years minimum probably because mm. cyberpunk took like from 2012 to 2020 to release so it's nothing that's going to be in the near future um but i think they've got a lot of work on their hands to win back the respect and the trust of the community and the player base but having said that the witcher is such a massive franchise and because of the netflix series it's keeping it relevant so yeah. they've still got a bit of credit in the bank with that with that franchise so they've got an opportunity to redeem themselves and let's just hope that they do it this time Cat, are you going to toss a coin to the Witcher? Yeah. Oh, come on! That was nicely played. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to burn that butcher. Burn. What? Yeah. Um, that song was not as good as the tossing the coin to the Witcher. I disagree. Fair. I prefer the second one. Burn Actually, completely butcher. off topic. Have you guys have you guys seen Encanto yet? No. No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Why? I was going to have a massive debate about what the better song was, but it doesn't matter. Oh, well, the um, we don't talk about Bruno or the that dumbling that one. Surface pressure, man. Surface pressure is the greatest song. Yeah, in that song. That t- and t- I t- will t- die off. on this hill. Yeah, but it never stops. I think, like voice wise, that's a very hard song to sing. So I think that one. Yeah, because the we don't talk about Bruno one is all about their wedding day, and that just reminds me of Hamilton. To the bride, to the bride, to the bride. To his master. That one. Um, that's what that <laughs> song reminds me of. So, yeah, I would like the surface pressure one. I haven't yeah. seen Encanto, but from what I've seen from TikTok, <laughs> that's the song I prefer. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> maybe, um, watch your, maybe watch the film. You never know. You might like I don't it. Know, maybe I will. Maybe I'll change my opinion. Um, will I... What, so what was your question? Sorry. Will I toss will a coin you... to the Witcher? Indeed. Yes. Um, yes, I will, but I need to toss a coin to Witcher 3 first, um, because I know I'll love it, and I have it, and I just, I think maybe that's what I'll start after Horizon, 
should I do that? Yeah, there's a couple of months before Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got plenty of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I might like open world burn myself out, but um, you absolutely haven't got Lego Star Wars or Skywalker Saga in two weeks' time. Stop, stop oh, it. That is naughty. True. That is very <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so I do need to play it, but the thing is, you know, like when you just know you'll love a game, I know I'll love it. So, yeah. Yeah, so I do agree with Miles. I think that they can probably earn back some redemption, but they need to be very fucking careful about how they release this game. Because if they pull any sniff of the shit that they pulled with Cyberpunk, that that yeah. <laughs> they are yeah, gone it's for. Over. It's, yeah, it's over. They're not going to redeem themselves after that. If they right. learn from their mistakes, if they learn from the the mistakes they made with Cyberpunk, and that's on a code front, that's on a marketing front, that's on a preview front, that's just from a transparency front of hey, yeah, this game still isn't ready, even though we've made it, you know, delayed a million times. That's fine. Be open and honest about that. Like watching House Kitchen, it's like sending duck up raw when you know it's raw. You know he's gonna shout at you. You know he's gonna scream at you. Why are you sending the duck raw? <laughs> Doing it. Why are you sheepishly giving him the raw duck? <laughs> it's raw. Um, so yeah, I, I, they need to learn from their mistakes. And I think that if it's successful, they might just be forgiven for their cyberpunk sins. If it's a great game and they don't pull some clunky ass shit at the beginning mm. um, from the marketing front. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, like we were saying the other day, though, like, uh, was it Paul that got hold of it and he had no problems whatsoever because he was playing it on... Um... You played it on Stadia. Yeah, so. on Stadia. No issues. Uh, no issues, which I think is great for the four, four people that play on Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, they just need to be careful how they tread. And they've got a lot of mistakes to learn from and hopefully they've got a lot of feedback from those mistakes. But... Yeah, maybe fix a game before you start announcing massive new IP, not new IPs, but a massive new addition to a massive IP. Um, yes, yes. There's still the Cyberpunk story DLC to come as well. Yeah, just so. like slow, slow your roll, like CD Project Red, because you've got a lot of shit to do. <laughs> you can't build a house when you've already built half a house. <laughs> yeah, the um, yep, yeah, uh, the game is due out whenever the hell it comes out. Yeah, and, they've not given uh, a timeline, have they? No, they haven't even said what it's coming out on. So they're being terribly they, they kind of have though, because somebody said, I hope it's not exclusive to that. It's a comment in the thing in the Twitter feed that they've replied to. And it says, and someone said, I hope it's not exclusive to, to Microsoft. And somebody's and they replied saying, We're not planning to make this exclusive to anybody. No, no, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> they're they're making I think that was because they're making this game with Unreal Engine 5. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's owned by yes. Epic Games and the Epic yes. Games store is a thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, yes, they won't, yeah, they won't. yeah. So I think that was what they said. Then was I hope you're not making this exclusive to Epic. Um, and they replied saying we're not, we're not making. Even though if you are in a PC gamer, you you can just access the Epic Game Store for free. I don't know why people bitch about it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they love their Steam games on the PC. Uh, so yeah, okay, that's The Witcher, Unreal Engine Five coming someday in the future. In seven stuff. years. Yes. About the same time that Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out, Probs. That'll probably reckon... be in the same month. Don't, don't you mean the re-release of Grand Theft Auto 5 <laughs> on the PlayStation 6? No, we the just absolute had... <laughs> definitive edition. Yeah, yeah, the definitive, ultimate, definitive edition. Which will come out the same week as the Tomb Raider reboot trilogy, the definitive edition. <laughs> <laughs> and also Skyrim will be released for its 50th anniversary. Yeah. 
I reckon I reckon this will probably go toe to toe with GTA Six and the Elder Scrolls Six as well. Mm. Good shout. It'll be around yeah. that era. Um, yeah, I reckon it's going to be GTA Six era as well. Probably the same month. It's going to do like an Elden Ring Horizon thing. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, some uh, some rather crappy news uh, to 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 get to. Um, Moon Studios, the guys that make um, the Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Wood of the Wisps, um, have had a much shitty week. Um, I'm going to read from Kotaku. Uh, Mr. Ethan Gak uh, writes, quote, Moon Studios Ori games are some of the most excellent and beautiful platforms around. Some developers now claim that the same can't be said for the founders of the studio that made them. According to a new report in VentureBeat, current and former developers say Moon could be an oppressive place to work when casual sexism and racism were tolerated. Headquartered in Vienna, Austria, and just a quick content warning, there will be discussion of rape right now. I may not get to it, but um, I'm going to read a little bit. Okay, so let's go. Uh, Moon Studios were founded in 2010 by Thomas Moore and Genaldi Carroll. It released Ori and the Blind Forest in 25 to much acclaim and similarly praised sequel Ori and the Will of the Wisps in 2020. Both were published by Microsoft, despite having a predominantly remote workforce spread out across the world. However, developers told VentureBeat that the owners still managed to foster a toxic work atmosphere that included sexist jokes and derogatory remarks. One screen cap of a work chat shared in the report shows Coral writing, nobody cares what developers think, followed by Marla writing, LOL, you're retarded. Though it's not clear who the remarks are directed at, VentureBeat also reports that after one long meeting, Marla concluded by typing, I really need a woman. The founders said that they ran an open workplace where people could speak their minds freely. They could say anything and not have to worry about getting fired. It was a no-bullshit studio. But that, but that left the door open for the founders to insult each other and anyone else they felt like demeaning in public or private, according to almost all of the, all of the developers that VentureBeat interviewed. We don't believe the experience suggested by VentureBeat's questions are representative of more than 80 Moon Studios team members who are thriving and doing great work every day. Nor do we believe that they are representative of the experiences of former members of our team. They wrote in a statement, we are not perfect, but we deeply care about our talent and are constantly working hard to improve. If we have ever made anyone feel uncomfortable or let anyone down, we regret that and we will always strive to do better. Moon Studios is currently working on his next game, codenamed Forsaken. According to VentureBeat, it will be a much darker compared to the Ori games. And at one point during the development process, Marla insisted on having the main character's origin story revolve around rape. Quote, this rape scene would supposedly create the motivation for the sweet small town character to do the badass things they do in the rest of the game, VentureBeat writes. It was controversial among the other developers and Marla reported eventually back down, but only after weeks of arguments. Um, this does carry on. I will put the link in the description if you want to finish this um, article. But I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of stuff that's come out this week about small indie studios. Um, Ori did come out on Microsoft, but of course they're not owned by Microsoft, so Phil Spencer is not directly responsible for Moon Studios, but um, it's an interesting ad nonetheless. And um, there's been an investigation into the abuse of indie studios undermining importance of auteurs, especially over at People Make Games and the three studios under Annapurna Interactive. People Make Games have released a new video on the studio's mountains, Fulbright and Funamina, each led by a so-called indie superstar. Interviews with staff past and present as reported emotional abuse suffered under each of their leaderships. All three studios have had games published by Annapurna Interactive, who it is claimed have been unable to deal with the complaints appropriately. Mountains, led by Ken Wong, is the Australian studio best known for Florence. That's uh, that really rather lovely game that came out a few years ago. Staff at the studio complained about communication issues as Wong steadily chipped away at staff confidence, 
by questioning all of their decisions. One staff member at Mountains described him as a very cruel person in a position of power who likes to make people feel bad to make him feel better. A number of reputations from the studio caught the attention of publisher Annapurna. All seven remaining members voted unanimously for Wong to step down from leadership. Yet while Annapurna was unable to remove him, their tone in a meeting with Mountain staff was described as dismissive, with one senior staff member from the publishers saying that without strong personalities, games don't get made. <sighs> well, here we are. Another crappy week for developers in the game industry. Uh, Kat, where are you right now with Annapurna and uh, oh, Studios? So sad about Annapurna. <laughs> yeah. They're like one of my favorite publishers. Uh, I'm so fucking bored of this bullshit. Like, I like I was just reading it and I was like, really, guys, really, like these are supposed to be the examples, like of how you're. I don't know. I've got so much to say and nothing to do. You know what I mean, like I'm like almost almost lost for words about how fuck sick I am about it all, and. You know, it hasn't necessarily completely then directed to to sexism against women. It, it could be both. It could be bullying. I think what struck me as really interesting was this no bullshit policy in a in a workplace. That to me screams red flag. Like like that seems to me like you're gonna you're gonna curtain it as yeah we're really you can say what you like and you know but really actually underneath that that is a complete ignorance to conflict management and that is a complete ignorance and a mirror towards not allowing respect between people because just because you can say it doesn't mean you fucking should like there's a fine line between having a no bullshit policy and flat out undermining someone, disrespecting somebody, you know, being arrogant, being ignorant, just just downright bullying somebody. And I just, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we? And I'm sure it happens in a lot of companies, but lately it seems to be the games industry is just peppered with sexual abuse and assault and I don't know like sexism and bullying and racism and and I don't know I, I just felt like that 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 um by moon that statement was just a little bit strange to be like because I read it and, and a little bit later down it says you know it was founded by by two different people of two different cultures and levels they feel like they might have made a bad example where they rip on each other and they're a bit racist to each other and it's come across as insensitive well to me that sounded like a big fat excuse of oh yeah you just took it the wrong way and it, like that that already is undermining because you cannot you're not ever supposed to unjustify someone's experience by saying, oh, yeah, you just took it the wrong way. Oh, yeah, yeah we, you know, we just we just rag on each other because we're friends. And if you took offense to that, then then that's that's their fault. But it's not our gaming industry because we've been around for 20 years. Mm, Rolf Harris was around for like 30 years and he still touched children. Like that doesn't excuse your visibility in, a, in an industry, your visibility in the world does not excuse what you may do or say to other people. That, that's fucking whack to say that and I just think that everything needs to be I don't know part of it just, I just, I'm so I'm so sick of it Ross um, yeah, I know what you mean it's like it's, it's difficult to know what new to say about it 
yeah like it's difficult to, to add to add to this uh, conversation anymore yeah. without being like for fuck's sake like who else now like yeah. who's next to come yeah. out and say oh yeah we're, we're addicted to women or you know like we we smashed playstation controllers over women's head and we slapped them with our asses with joysticks i don't know what you want me to say <laughs> i don't know what can possibly because i don't think it does get much worse than that division I just want to say that there's uh, there's no confirmation that that actually ever happened at the studio. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no confirmation that Annapurna is whacking people with uh, PlayStation. Well, this is the thing about Annapurna, right? I mean, Annapurna were, rep- were reportedly aware of the issues at the yes! studio, but staff yes. were disappointed the studio wasn't able to act more definitively. Yeah. Annapurna did not respond for comments. And that's that's what I mean in terms of like the ignorance of saying like yeah we're a really good team we're a family we have a no bullshit policy oh but that just means that everyone can say what they like and that's because of our policy it's hiding behind the policy because you're afraid of conflict and i think that although it's masked to be this brilliant thing where everyone comes together and no one's allowed to you know no one everyone can say what they want and it's all very friendly that's not a friendly environment to be in i wouldn't i wouldn't sign up for a class that had a no bullshit policy because i think that gives people the right not even the right, but the excuse to tear somebody down to make them themselves maybe feel better. And I think it is disappointing when you have... So- the thing is, as well, this isn't a secret anymore. There, there are so many studios that are having so much sanctioned against them about, like, feminism and sexism and racism and rape and assault and sexual abuse, and se- you know, that you just you're making yourself look worse and I I was really disappointed to read that sentence where it was like Annapurna were aware and people look to them to help and they didn't do anything and they didn't say anything and Mm. that just that speaks more volumes to me as a consumer as a as someone now in the games industry than than saying a half-ass statement like the guys did in Moon because I think like, okay, you've acknowledged it. You know, I hope you do I hope you do, do better. I hope you do better than the excuses you put there. But you know, and I hope it does change. But for Annapana to be for people to say yes, Annapana knew and they didn't do anything, they didn't say anything. And then for still not to say anything, well, you better say something quickly, Annapana, because you know whether you're just you know gathering your thoughts or whatever you're trying to do or maybe get get together a standard procedure to start rolling out some support or you know changes but saying nothing I think is worse than saying something Mm. um yeah it's hard to know what to say yeah um it's yeah it's it's just a a shitty situation all around um I just looked at it and I just like you know, like when you're not even angry anymore, you're just like, oh, for fuck, not you, not you guys, not again. Yeah. Yeah, but Stray looks good, right? That's the thing, they make the cat game. They make the cat I game. the cat game. And Annapurna, man, I know it isn't directly Annapurna, but, you know, still, regardless. Mm. You well, know, that's an interesting, yeah, that, that, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, still regardless of whether you're indirectly involved or directly involved, you should still be setting an example. You are still a company that should be setting an example. And if you're even if you're indirectly involved by publishing those games, you should be you should be saying something. You are the people that have your name on their games as well as the publisher. So, you know, you need to be a voice you need to be you know we're not going to publish games anymore we're not going to do this we're not going to do that you know you sort of shout we don't condone this you know you need to stand up for the people that are being 
who are not feeling adequate or not feeling valued in their place of work because so far this looks like a very bleak career to have for women for people who are of different race for people who might be gay like for anybody at the moment it it looks pretty bleak unless you're a cis white male to be honest talking to people that are not cis white males um (laughs) i wasn't gonna segue to miles there don't worry um (laughs) Uh, Robin, uh, Robin Honig, yes. Funamina. Fuck you. Yeah, that's Good another thing. God, even women are that? doing this too. I was just reading this. I was on mute as you were reading out the statement. I was just reading what she'd done to this poor girl, and that's the thing is that like maybe okay, there are women who are doing this too, but yeah, Funamina doesn't sound like a fun. I mean, a place to work. Uh, to be yeah, honest, Funamina does not sound like a fun place to work. And no, and uh, Lauren Kaysen, you're being incredibly brave, uh, putting this all out. And yeah, I haven't finished well reading it all. Um, it goes on and on, yeah, and, and, on. Um, and there's extra threads. This, this is something that's going to go on for a while, I think. And I just, but, um, I'm so glad she's speaking out, and I'm so glad people are speaking out. It is a time to speak out, but it is a time for companies to start stepping up. And I think Jeff Keighley. Oh, he still oh. annoys me. Fuck him. Like, fuck do you know guy. what I mean? Whatever. It was just, I don't know why, but it was having that big fucking award ceremony. Uh. <laughs> and it's just what I mean. Like, how what 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 needs to happen to stop rushing under the carpet? Who needs to step up? Who needs to be like, right? Do you remember when all year we were like, hey, what's Jeff Keely gonna say about Activision at the game awards? And he Spent like 20 seconds talking about it. Yeah, and the thing and then, is as well, like it's just empty words. It's just yeah. we don't support it. Yeah. Oh, but we'll still pay him billions of pounds. But he's still on the board at the game awards. Mm. So you know. Um, but yeah, if you do want to follow uh Lauren Kaysen's story, she was a XR creative technologist on all sorts of things. She worked on Monument Valley, which is a fucking brilliant game. Um, so yeah, look for Miss underscore Lady underscore Pants on Twitter. I would highly recommend following that right now because some shit is coming out about Fadamina that is, well, it's going to destroy the company pretty hard if it hasn't done done so already. Um, Mars, I was going to ask you what was Anna Perna's kind of responsibility in all of this, but I think Kat kind of answered the question. I don't know if you can expand on it anymore. Yeah, no, I think I completely agree with Kat. It's reached a point where it's not even like shocking. It's not even got that factor of, oh, my God, it's, uh, oh, it's another one. It's another company. It's another studio. It's another publisher. I think in the case of for a publisher, it always comes down to the people at the head of the company. At the end of the day, they're the ones who set the tone. They're the ones who set the atmosphere. They're the ones who control the environment for their workers. And at the end of the day, if you're a publisher managing these groups, and the thing that stood out for me with this one is with... um, was it Ken Wong, did you say his name was? Um, in his case, Annapurna even put in a policy, I think it was, or the studio created a policy where they could actually decline oh, having yeah. a one-to-one meeting with him. And I thought, so you know what he's doing and you know people are reporting it. And instead of actually dealing with him, you've decided that because you want him to make a decent game, you're just going to subject people to what he's doing and just give them the option to veto out of a meeting, which will probably make their lives worse because if he's overseeing them and they opt out of meetings with him, well, then he's probably just going to punish them in some way. You know, you hear stories all the time of, you know, female developers get taken off like important parts of the project or they get removed from the credits of the game or they get shafted off to do, you know, the menial work, which is crap and below what they're actually supposed to be doing in terms of their job and their qualification. And I just thought, nah, there's something weird with that. 
and there was a i think publishers like to hide behind the thing of oh we're not that studio we give them free creative reign yeah you do but you slowly see them you know you still manage their products you're still responsible for their workplace you know you're tied to them and if you're the one who has the power to you know chop and change people who are not doing the right thing well then you have that responsibility so you are accountable and i don't think that you can really separate yourself and just say oh we're a publisher it's a bit like you know if microsoft came in now with activision and go you know we hear in three years time after microsoft has taken over that activision is still doing these things phil spencer's rightly responsible for that he's taken over this company so he's got the responsibility along with the rest of the heads of the company to sort it out so you can't displace yourself from it and i think the fact that it was known the fact that they came up with ideas to effectively allow him to continue making the game that they wanted him to make but and then use that excuse of oh you need a strong personality yeah you do but you don't need a dickhead who treats people like shit like to make a good game you know and the counter to this is always Hades and is it Supergiant or Super Supergiant games because they had no crunch they had no toxic workplace they had nothing you know everybody who worked at that company raves about how amazing it was and Hades is one of the best games to have come out in the last 10 years hands down full stop and so whenever they come up with this like oh you need strong people no you don't you need people who know how to treat people well and know how to make a good game you don't need people who treat people like shit to do that so like Kat said, it's just, it's exhausting. The fact that it's just so many studios, so many organizations in the gaming industry just seem to all be dominated like this. And, you know, the the Moon Studio, I think they're called, was it Moon Studios? Yeah. Um, their statement, I hate statements like this, where they're like, we're a multicultural team and we've made amazing games and our workers of 80 people wouldn't agree with the questions you put. And it's like, how are you talking for 80 people when... There are clearly people who do feel this. And instead of actually addressing the allegation, you spend the first three quarters of your statement talking about how you made two good games and that, you know, you've hired a lot of people. Like, that's what the first three quarters of their statement says. Yeah. And I was just like, it's so boilerplate bullshit response to try to deflect away from the issue itself. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, but we are committed to doing better. We know we're not perfect. It's like, we're not talking about you not being perfect. We're talking about you creating a hostile work environment for people to work in, which is awful. You go to work five days a week and for game developers, it's six or even seven days a week. Sometimes it's, it's a massive part of our lives. And if it's a horrible time, it destroys your life, you know, it drastically damages it. And I just found that the way that they palmed it off, like you said, Kat, you know, it's one thing to have friendly banter between two people and to have that privately, you know, if they, are racist towards each other that's their end joke that's how they kind of develop their friendship what you do in private is up to you as long as nobody else has to hear it or deal with that but the moment you start putting it on company channels putting it in workplace chats and exposing it to other people you can't use that excuse of oh we've got no bullshit policy but you can't use that excuse it doesn't work if you're doing it in front of other people it's kind of like saying that you you're obviously not racist because your best friend is black (laughs) and it's like what (laughs) no you can absolutely and i think that's how that statement reads well we're a multicultural company so how can we be offensive Mm -hmm. uh you can still be offensive bro like you can still offend people you can still uh it just it winds me up it really winds me you imagine this... going for a job interview and be like, "Yeah, well, we uh, we tolerate a no bullshit policy here." It's like, "Well, I'm out of here then." Bye. Yeah. That's yeah. a weird policy. It's such a 
pussy policy of like we say what we want where we want and we can't yeah can I get trouble for it yay and it's just like Fuck oh, you. such bullshit it is it's it's a weird thing and like you said I think it's just more of an excuse to justify that you know they want to just say what they want and they don't care what anybody else thinks so they're going to create this imaginary hypothetical policy which protects them from all criticism but it doesn't you know if you say these things in a public forum other people are affected by it you've got to be aware of that you know at the end of the day people have different sensitivities and you're in a professional workplace in which case your no bullshit policy isn't a policy because legally you can't do it so yeah it's just it's depressing you know and it's sad because i know <laughs> the first thing you said cat was it's the cat game and now the publisher is you know involved in all this shit we're treating people badly and you know, I watch a lot of the Jimquisition on YouTube and Stephanie Sterling talks about it all the time and quite rightly says, you know, I would rather have, you know, not have something like The Witcher 3 or not have, you know, Elden Ring if it means that people don't have to be treated like shit. And weirdly, that's a controversial take of I would rather forego having a good game so that people can have a good life. And I find that really strange that that's even a controversial take, controversial take. It's just nuts. And there's just no need. Like I said, there are plenty of studios that are doing it right without treating their workers like crap and without crunching them. And, you know, I just think that just take more time, treat people well, just make it a nice environment to work in. You'll make better games. I don't understand how that's hard to, to recognize. Um, but at least these things are coming out now. At least people feel able to expose these things and to get the conversation starting and hopefully to keep building towards changing these, these cultures that are just horrible um because without them doing it it wouldn't be changing so i think we've just got to support the people who do come out and talk about it and you know thank them for being honest and exposing themselves to potential ramifications for doing that yeah and yeah there's plenty of that going on this week across the whole of the industry it's just the shit the indie industry you know it's these these are studios made by people that have worked for toxic triple a developers yeah and they've gone you know what fuck it we're just gonna do it ourselves and then, I mean, who knows what happens in that in that moment? But it's almost as if they sort of become the thing that they were trying to get away from. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? You jump out of one uh, because frying pan into another. Yeah, because you know quality is so important, and you know we look at it. Ori, the Ori games are damn good games. I loved what of the Wisp is one of my favorite games of last year, and well, maybe the year before. But you know, I don't want. I don't want the development team to be suffering just so I can enjoy a video game. You know, that's that's just the bread and butter of this situation. And you know, we love indie games here at Finger Guns. We have a whole, you know, a whole part of it. Sean is our indie guy and he makes these amazing indie posts every single month. And it's sad to know that some of the games that we featured are, you know, are being included in these kind of um discussions. And so I think especially as well, like this was the year for indie. Indie have really come through this year. People have been able to recognise the art, the power and everything to do with indie. They've really come to the forefront with all the delays that COVID had uh, last year, sorry. And mm. it just sucks that it just feels like this, there's the same piece of the same pie of the shitty oven. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, um, I, was playing, I was playing Tuna this week. Oh God, I was playing Tuna this week. One of my games oh, of the week is Tunic. Yeah. Fucking rules. Um, man, I completely forgot I played that this week. Must be far too busy in GTA. Anyway, um, yeah, Tunic is a great game. And there's, there's amazing indies out there that are not yes. connected to these things. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. And I, I wish in the future maybe we could have like a... They could have their own no bullshit policy and tell us how much they 
kicked the shit out of their staff to make this game so I can purposely not buy it yeah. and be like, yeah, how do you feel now? Like, although that's counterintuitive because then they did all that work and took all that shit for nothing. But, like, why? Like, I completely agree with Miles. Like, yes, every workplace, you know, you could speak to anybody in their job and they will find bad stuff. But there's a difference between your day at work being bad because it was shit and busy to you got called a piece of shit or you were derogatory, you know, you were made to feel that someone was derogatory towards you or you got made to feel un- that's so different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you've got a shit day in Tesco, it's probably because Karen fucking screams at you because you gave the wrong change, you know. But <laughs> that's not the same. And, and so... To, to palm it off as like oh people are just being a bit sensitive mm. or people are doing no and you don't need strong characters you like miles was saying yeah. and like you were saying there are there are companies that are are perfect that release amazing games that need to be celebrated because they are the stuff of dreams what people want to strive for what people want to work for mm. and it's just looking bleak and it's like you know it's not like you can just fall into this job everyone that is a no. game developer, everyone that's that is a game dev that is their dream job. Yeah. They've always wanted to do that. They've worked their asses off to make that happen for themselves. And it's almost just, it's almost like they can't even enjoy it. No. And I guess as well, it also sounds like the, the people are taking advantage of that. Almost like, well, yeah, you've got exactly. so hard to get here. So now I'm going to treat you like shit because you can't really go anywhere else. So yeah. you have to suck it up or shut up. Like, and it's just. And there's so many people waiting on the wings just to exactly. just jump into that job. Yeah. And it's like that classic, like, well, people are lining up for your job. So if it's not yeah. you, it will be them. And that's an awful position to be in. Yeah. They're in, they're in jobs that can be so immediately replaceable. And it's, you know, the, the, managers and you know they they know this and it's uh yeah it's sad it's sad but we uh we, we continue on and uh hope for the best uh for all these developers and uh, because we love you guys and we thank you for all of your hard work and everything that you do and uh, we always will because that is the finger guns way right then our final topic let's talk about us let's talk about us guys let's talk about us you know let's not talk about the industry let's just talk about us because this is a topic that we've been stewing on for a little while um, about video games and their place in the world and where people still don't really get it. And it's it's something that's quite interesting because I recently have found myself having to once again kind of like re-explain my love for this industry. And to kind of make someone understand why it is that I love it so much. And it's still something that I have to do. It's still something that I have to continue to prove, essentially, that the game industry is something that's wonderful and alive and so fucking fascinating all of the time. And a lot of people don't really get that we're, you know, we're growing as adults with jobs and homes and we still, we still give a lot of our time to video games and it's something that is still almost a stigma it's still something that you know you don't shout from the rooftops about and i wanted to get your your takes on this is there something that is still considered a bit strange to be able to look at you and go oh damn you still play video games uh miles do you want to start us off yeah i think it's quite like a an interesting kind of topic because i find myself even sometimes not like embarrassed but still a bit cautious about who i'll tell 
for example, that, you know, like I write reviews or that I play games as much as I do that I can bash out like Ghostwire Tokyo in a day and a half. Um, I think part of it's generational. So I know, for example, like my family, uh, like both sets of my parents don't really get it at all. Um, when I was growing up, my mum basically used to try everything in the book to try to get me to do anything else but play video games quite unsuccessfully. Um, and I think actually with the way things are going now, more and more people, even people who wouldn't call themselves gamers are playing games, you know, whether it's FIFA or Call of Duty or, you know, with VR coming in now, it's becoming a more universal thing. And I think as the generations go past, you know, in 10, 20 years time, I think the stigma will largely be eroded by them because I think it is still, and I don't mean this in like an offensive kind of generalizing way, but I think older generations are still quite, how can you spend that much time doing something which isn't in the real world kind of thing? Um, I think it is improving. I think it is changing. I found myself, you know, from being on this, for example, growing in a lot more confidence that, you know, you can have a voice in, in an art, artistic industry and actually it's nothing to be like ashamed or embarrassed of, um, which despite having played games, you know, relentlessly for years and years and years, I always had that thing of I kept it to myself unless there were people who I knew also played games to the same kind of level as me. So, yeah, it's it's a real tough one. I think it's, oh, it's. I'm trying to like find the right words to kind of like verbalize and describe it, but it's something that I love. And whenever people tell me that games aren't art, I point them to games like Spec Ops The Line or Life is Strange or, you know, any of the games that we've played recently. You know, I think titles like Elden Ring and Horizon and all the rest are really starting to change people's opinions of what can be done in the medium. And it's just, it's becoming on par, you know, it's the the largest grossing entertainment industry, you know, even above movies, which is incredible to think about given how long movies have been part of like cultural etiquette long before video games even existed. And it's just becoming more and more popular. And I think its rise and its growth is only going to keep going, um, which means that it's just going to become more universal. More people are buying consoles, more people are investing in the tech, more people are playing games. So I'm hopeful it is going to, change but like you I found that there are times where I've had to almost justify the fact that I enjoy something as a hobby um whereas you don't have that with you know someone says that there are you know they go to the movies like you know every week or they you know read books you know every day or whatever or they play sport every day you know it's not questioned as like a weird thing or a strange thing but games still can be it's still seen as something that is either nerdy or geeky or you know, something to kind of disparage in a way, like you're almost kind of wasting your time. Um, but yeah, I think the best thing that I found to do is to just point to like experiences or games that have either affected me or had some kind of like emotional connection. And I just connect it the same as I would as like their favorite movie or their favorite book or whatever. Um, and I found that's kind of the, the best way to kind of connect and kind of explain why I love video games so much. And like, yeah. I always talk about just the depth and the breadth of experiences you can have. Like you cannot play a game like Synth Riders and tell me that there is a movie or a book that can capture the feeling of playing those games because you can't, <laughs> because you can only do it in VR and as a video game. And I'd argue even something like Life is Strange or Spec Ops The Line, they would very much work as movies or TV shows, but they wouldn't be nearly as good because part of what they do and part of their critique of you know the themes that they tackle is about your input which you don't have at a movie or in a book. You can immerse yourself into the character you're reading about or that you're following, but you aren't 
creating the action you aren't directly involved with it and i think that's the the shift and the important part to kind of acknowledge but yeah i i love video games and i love talking about them and being part of this has really helped me kind of express that and have an outlet to you know talk about these things in like a really honest and meaningful way which has been awesome for me and yeah i i really do hope that as things become more and more common and more popular that I think that stigma is eroding and I think it will change. You know, I think 10 years from now, I don't really think we'll be having this conversation as much because I don't, I think most people will dabble or play games on a semi-regular basis, even if it's not something they do, you know, every day or every week, but people will start to appreciate that games can be an art form and a medium much more. And um, I think it is getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's about showing people that video games are more than Call of Duty and FIFA. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's um, that's it. Which you know, I I sort of came up with a list in my head of like fifteen games that I would show to someone who thinks that video games are just FIFA and Call of Duty. I said, mm-hmm. you know, play What Remains of Edith Finch. Play, <laughs> I knew that was going to be on there. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be that that is an Excellent. experience unlike anything else I've ever ever experienced. Um, beyond a movie I've seen, a book I've read, an album I've listened to um the last of us for god's sake you know yeah um these are these are these are experiences these are things that emotionally rip me to pieces more so than any film or any book because i spent like 30 odd hours with these characters you know mm. and flower for god's sake journey oh yeah firewatch you know all of these these crazy things that are just pure ours like you say um gris fuck me you know if i could put my dad <laughs> Like here, have a controller, play Gris. <laughs> yeah. His entire life will be blown away. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And, and you know, that's it is it is something that I think that we we will will all kind of continue to fight against because the best sellers of the world are always FIFA and Call of Duty. That's what you see the adverts for on TV when they're watching their soap operas and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, oh god, more than that again, you know. Um, Kat, I think you've got an interesting perspective on this purely because. You're a lady gamer. Um, <laughs> I didn't know how to word that, so fuck it. Lady gamer, have it. Lady um, gamer. I, do you do you do you have a different kind of stigma than what me and Mars could probably attest to? Uh, yeah, I think it, I I completely agree with what Miles has said, and I I've been thinking about writing this for a really long time as well because I think for me it's like twofold. It's exactly the story that Miles has told in the sense of I always felt like and feel like sometimes that I have to preface my hobby with a joke oh I game but yeah no yeah no it's gay (laughs) like do you know I mean like it, it feels like I have to make a joke about my own hobby to try and save face a little bit because I know that when I look at somebody and I tell somebody and Miles is completely right it's the type of people that you tell they're gonna make some sort of opinionated judgment about you in that second and I could follow that up with, but I'm, you know, four degrees deep educated, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, you know, people could follow up with, but I'm Stephen Hawking, you know, and for some reason, there seems to be, or there used to seem to be, and I don't think this is the case as much anymore, that there used to be this, I guess, judgment that if you play games, you're a bit of a, a slacker, a lazy person, a bit of a nobody, a bit of a are a time waster like miles was saying it was seen as wasting time well why do you play video games when you can go for a walk 
well, I can walk my character. I don't need to walk myself, you know. And, my, you know, your parents say it when you're a kid, why are you wasting the day inside when you could be outside? And I didn't enjoy being outside. Oh, I did as a kid, but as I grew up, I didn't enjoy being outside. I enjoyed playing games. I, I played games with my dad. He used to play games a lot. And I, I remember thinking when I was about like 10 years old or something, oh, my God, soon I'll have to pick an age where I stop playing video games because it's childish. And I, I used to fear that a lot. Like every year that got by, I was like, oh, I hope it's not the year that I have to give up video games because it's childish. And I never did. And then I kind of thought one day, no, like, like Mars was saying, people love reading. And there's just this weird imbalance when somebody says that they're a film buff and they have a cinema room where you're like, wow, that's fucking clever. You're such a smart person. You must be so intellectual to be a film buff. Wow, the perspectives you must have, yada, yada, yada. But if you tell somebody that you game or you're a gamer or, you know, I play video games, they're like, oh, that must be nice for you. It's such a different, I guess... Yeah, exactly that. Uh, it's so strange. And then I guess you've got the, the, the twofold, and I've definitely experienced this, very and as well as twofold of being in finger guns as well of being a gay a game I'm not a game being a girl <laughs> being a girl in I didn't hear games. you say game I I heard gay I was like well, yeah yeah what an awkward way to dump my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> oh my days. You know, we were just talking about the gaming industry, and Kat just goes ahead and dumps her boyfriend. No, um, no, there was then I've got the awkward t- that kind of other, I guess, mirroring factor of that, that I'm a girl, I'm female. Now that has come with its own shit in the last Wait, two years, and they get what? What? Oh my god, you got titties? Yeah, I got titties. Um, <laughs> I'm so awkward sometimes. Why do I do this? Um, yeah, so. In the last two years, obviously, in the gaming industry, it's been rough for women. It's been rough for a lot of people, a lot of individuals, whether women, men, whatever, whatever kind of, um, however you identify, um, it's been rough uh, for certain individuals. And it seems to be as well, not only is gaming maybe seen by different generations as uh, loserish or you're time waster or you're not smart or you're not this, it seems to be that with this generation, the generation that I grew up in when I was growing up, that it was really cool if you were a guy and you played FIFA with your buddies after school, but I wasn't cool to do that at home either. Like, there was just something about, oh, what, what, what would you play? Oh, do you play FIFA? Oh, I bet you're fucking shit, though. Uh, and like it, it, it goes on like it's not cool for me to play games with my friends and I used to have a GameCube and I used to have sleepovers with my girlfriends and be like oh do you want to play this game and they'd be like oh this is weird I've never played this before and they used to love it and the, the face that people make I can see it in my head the face that people make when you say what do you do for fun people want you to say really stereotypical shit like I talk about periods with my friends. Oh, I have pillow fights. Um, and when I say, oh, I, I, to be honest with you, I just, I just game a, a, a lot. And I still do sometimes preface it with a, oh, it's a little bit sad. But, and it isn't sad. It's not sad at all. Because actually, in real world statistics, gaming is doing better than the film industry at the moment. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. So, it's definitely a fact. But, you know, games do cost six times more than a cinema ticket. Yeah. Well, you have you been to Odeon? That- 
Have Apart you been from the to Odeon? Of course, yeah. Because I don't get popcorn with my game, but I will spend 60 quid watching the Batman. Like, <laughs> so, and the game I can play for 70 hours, but the Batman, I've slurped my slurpy within like 10 minutes. Um, oh, and, you're one of those people that drink it during the trailers and it's all gone. I know, and I get stuff. so sad. I get so sad by it <laughs> because I forget. And then I'm like, oh, we're still at the trailers. But anyway, yeah. So it's, it's definitely been an interesting, and even even the other day I was at a birthday I think I told Miles this not so long ago I was at a birthday party and they were talking about um there was a bunch, bunch of lads and they were talking about games I can't remember what they, they were talking about and I said what game are you talking about and they went they looked at me they gave me this like side eye look to be like what and I was like oh okay I get it because I'm the girl I get it I get it I get it and I was like oh I can't wait for this and it almost is it does feel like such a fuck you to be like what game are you talking about? Oh, yeah, that game. Yeah, no, I'm like this far ahead of that, blah, 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 blah. Or I've played that game, but I didn't really like it. And they'd be like, how do you know about that game? And I'm like, oh, because uh, I don't sit there twiddling my pink hairband. Like, and then to then explain to a group of lads who just looked at me like I shat on the floor when I tried to get involved in a conversation to be like, what game are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And say, yeah, no, I, I review games for a website and I have a podcast. And that was it then. They couldn't get off my back all night. And I was like, how fucking dare you? Because if I'd have been a lad sitting there with my with my drink and be like, yo, lad, what, what are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure I do. And I'm pretty sure that the pretense and every expectation they had of me asking that question was not going to be followed up with, with what they thought I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, that that, that particular signal was interesting. I, I keep bringing her up every week, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Eva Wilson of, of Eurogamer. And she's been making these amazing Elden Ring videos. Um, just like Elden Ring for beginners, Elden Ring for dummies. Yeah. Just start with Elden Ring. Aoife uh, has smashed this game to pieces. She rocks Souls games. And there's comments going, I'm not going to listen to a woman. That's that's what I and mean. It's like, it's like mate, Aoife would destroy you. Yeah. In this game. And for some reason, if that was a guy called, you know, Gavin, oh, they'd be like, what a fucking tanky is Elden Ring. Oh my God, the king, the goat, the goat of Elden Ring. But because, and I just, I don't understand it because those people will be the same people retweeting the condemnment of Activision. Yeah. Whoa. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I really struggle with that. I really do. I felt so, like, personally, I remember when joining Finger Guns and I remember thinking, oh my God, like, I'm about to join a group of land and they're going to think that I could play Animal Crossing in The Sims. And I feel like I'm, I felt like I really had to prove myself. And I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to memorize all the football players on FIFA. And I was like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? <laughs> Just be yourself. You like your games. You play what you play and you like what you like. Stop it. You have nothing to prove to anybody. And also, the funniest like, part of that is that you also play the Animal Crossing and The Sims. I actually don't play Animal Crossing. I only played it on the Wii. Um, I- I've only ever seen like the Wii as in like the 10 years ago version of Animal Crossing. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the only one I've ever played. Oh, okay. Yeah, we talked about it before. Might be someone else. Sorry. Yeah, no, I did a, qu- a couple of quiz questions on it, but I got it wrong, remember? So that's- <laughs> um... Yeah, so not me. Um, but yeah, and I-, I think that there's just so, like like you were saying with Aoife, there's a girl on COD. She's got the best um, kill ratio like in I can't remember what her name is it's gonna bug me because I, I see it quite a lot on TikTok and she's started to record her games now because for actual views she's now monetizing the abuse that she gets because it's so frequent so they'd be like 
oh no there's no way that that, that, that's a fucking girl and there'd be some guys quite fairly rightly gentlemen who are like bro she's carrying us like she like she is a girl and she's amazing shut fuck up and there'll be other girls there'll be other guys that'll be like no 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 she's getting her brother to play what why does it why why Mm. why does some males and i'm not saying all males because obviously everybody at finger guns is absolutely a dream um, apart from Miles and Ross. No, I'm kidding. Um, Aww. <laughs> Aww. No, no, you're Aww. all dreams. But there are people who are absolute dreamboats who treat everybody with respect and treat everybody how they should. And then there's the people like you were saying on Ethan's comments who are like, oh, I'm not taking advice from a woman. It's like, mate, if you sat down with her and played Elden Rover, you would be peeing your pack. Like you would be there with your thumb up your mm. bum, embarrassed. Two words for you toxic masculinity yeah and i just like why though why do we feel like some why do they feel like they have to take ownership over an industry there wouldn't you wouldn't do that in the film industry oh i bet she's only watched uh the george clooney batman oh like no one would do that (laughs) and if they do that's ridiculous it's ridiculous in gaming anyway but like just the stereotype the judgment the I do think it's changing and I do think it will change sometimes I don't think I think some females have leaned into it of being like the pink I have pink headphones because I was gifted them but I mean like the the pink kind of aesthetic the woo, like oh my god I'll be a girl gamer because I think sometimes you have to lean into the joke because if you're going to be called an asshole like I did that one TikTok with finger guns immediately got got called fat like it was a really I mean it's just like I'm not allowed to game but if somebody else said the exact same thing they'd be praising them like what was that what was that that beat him up that we played which one? The Nickelodeon one? Yeah, that one. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Rule, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, All-Star Brawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cat, cat kicked my ass on that. Yeah. And I was pretty good yeah. on Back for Blood, considering I yeah, didn't yeah, play yeah. first-person shooters. Like, oh, do yeah. you know what I mean? And it doesn't, like, I think some, and I think I can imagine that all females feel like they have to prove themselves. And it shouldn't ever be about, it's just crazy. And I do think it's getting better. I don't think it will ever be. I say this when there's so much controversy going on in gaming industries, but I mean, in terms of judgment and in terms of biases and in terms of stereotypes, I'm hoping that started to shift because of films like Uncharted and the Witcher series, because the conversation goes, oh, that's such a good film. Yeah, but it's a great game. Oh, I didn't know it was a game. Oh, yes, yeah, fucking banging game. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Tom Holland's now repping the game. Oh, I played it in a trailer. He wanted it to become the. And I think it's a sad, sad reason that, you know, people are going to get into it, but it does normalize it a little bit more. And I'm hoping that it does open up the world to be like, oh, that's really fucking cool. That's an expensive hobby. Fair play to you. Like, as opposed to you're one big kid, or you must just play Cooking yeah. Mama, or you must just play Nintendogs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say also cooking on slaps, probably. I don't know. I never played it. Uh, it looks <laughs> like it slaps. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The Wii version was pretty good. Cool. It was pretty fun. Oh. That's what I mean. You can, and as a male, you can play that game and not have the shit ripped out of you. If I played COD, yeah. I'm going to get shit ripped out of me because I don't own it as a female, apparently. Do you know what I mean? It's just bullshit like that. And then. Well, it's... I don't know. Have you, have, you, have you tried talking about Animal Crossing when Greg wants to talk about Bloodborne? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
yeah okay fair enough that's, that's <laughs> but yeah so it's it's too I guess it's twofold and that's not to be like woo 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 it's me oh I'm so sad in the gaming industry because I'm not I fucking love it this is this is my life if it could be my life it would be my life it's always been my hobby and I made like a concerted decision about five years ago that I wasn't gonna let it go and I wasn't gonna give it up I had best friends who were like I swear off guys the game and I'd be like what your best friend does though so <laughs> you know what does that say you know people make it personality types oh guys who gamer I like it happens to males too guys who gamer like less intelligent because I'm not going to just be like dunking on the four female but you know guys get it too miles you know like miles are saying it it happens like, oh you're just a time waste or you're not you're not seizing the day or you're not very not very intelligent and it, it sucks but I, I hope it does change I hope that we do get to a point where people celebrate it or people are like yeah that's that's fucking boss ass like and I I think that's maybe coming more and more as well into um female protagonists being the lead in stories as well um because I think I remember remember playing Tekken I remember playing Tekken with at a birthday party um I was very small mind I must have been like five or six and it was a birthday party and we were all playing and I remember someone going oh you're gonna be the girl ha ha and it wasn't to me it was to another guy he was he was playing like Nina or someone. It was Tekken two, uh, so it's really old. It was oh you're gonna be the girl, uh huh. Um, and it's just yeah, like okay, we were five year olds, but it still happens when you're thirty. It sucks, but yeah, I made the concerted decision. I wasn't gonna give it up, and I'm actually gonna celebrate. And I'm gonna talk about it more and more and more. And I think that's what's important is to talk about it more and more. And like Miles was saying, I think that's a beautiful example to bring the gaming industry to a normal, I guess, level of playing field. It's kind of saying. Okay, well, what's your favorite book and how did that make you feel? Okay, well, this game, you know, touched upon this this interactive way to remind me of my granddad or to remind me of this or to touch on a really touching story and be a part of that. Because you're reading the story, but when you play games, you have a part to play almost. You know, you can sometimes make decisions. You can choose your own story. You can make it yours. You can dress your character up just like you. You know, it's a form of escapism. It's like, you know, it's almost like saying, like, oh, acting is dumb because it's not really you. Like, yeah. <laughs> which also actors get as well. But yeah, I hope it goes away. I hope films like Spider-Man and, and well, Spider-Man was a comic before, but like, you know what I'm trying to say is that like, you know, Spider-Man the game is humongous. Uncharted, the film's done pretty well. Um, the Witcher series has done well and now you know like like Miles was saying earlier it's now been able to create a new game maybe because the Witcher series is on Netflix at the moment and I wonder if rather than books to films we're going to see a lot more games to films because we've got The Last of Us coming to TV there's a God of War TV show coming or in the talks at the moment and so I remember as a kid it but like, oh that was a book first oh that was a book first oh that was a book first and I really wonder if in the next 10-20 years we're going to we're gonna say oh i played that game oh oh yeah that was a game first yeah yeah let's uh let's not forget about sonic 2 that's coming out this month as well into cinemas oh sonic. you know what i mean yeah people are like oh yeah, it looks shit and i was like actually did you watch it though because actually the first one slapped yeah it did it really yeah, did i actually did i didn't see it in the cinema but i did see it at home um uh yeah it slapped i can't wait for the second one no one wants to come see it with me, though. Do you want to come see it together? Yeah, of course, of course I would come and see it with you. Okay, all right, okay. Absolutely. We'll okay, we'll go Yeah, see it. Yeah, I, I actually, I showed Zoe uh, the first time of the Hedgehog. 
That was the first film we watched together. Oh, and <laughs> well, then like, you're going to have to go see it with her and then see it with me after. It was just like, well, this is like, if you want to know me, here's the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. And people enjoy it. And that's why films get popular because people are like, oh my God, Sonic was my whole childhood. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't watch Spyro the Dragon on Netflix. But, you know, I probably would give Crash Bandicoot a shoot at the cinema, you know. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Why not? No, yeah. I mean, I remember playing Night in the Woods and I remember having a conversation with my mum. My mum called me just out of the blue, like the uh, the minute I completed Night in the Woods for the first time. Yeah. And I know I've, I've talked about it before, but Night in the Woods had an, a visceral effect on me, like unlike anything else I've ever played. Like I could see myself in the lead character completely. <laughs> and that's never happened before. And I didn't start. I completed it in one sitting. It was like six or seven hours long. I just couldn't stop playing. And I finished it and I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I can't remember a film or a book doing that to me. Mm, And I think it was because it's interactive, because you get to become that character. That's what the effect is, I think. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you're Aloy, do you feel like a badass motherfucker? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. Hell yeah, you do. Absolutely. Hell yeah, I do. And Tomb Raider as well. Yeah, exactly. Like Tomb Raider is so old. Like Tomb Raider is like 25 years old now when it's gone from a a game to to films, back to games, back to films. Like, Mm. yeah. And I think you're right. I think there are there are some things from games that you maybe can't get from a book or a film. Just like there might be things from books that you can't get from a game. Like you can't imagine your own character. So like some people don't like films from books because it's not how they imagine the characters look in their head. And yeah. I, I guess like, you know, we, we wouldn't get that from a game because we we see the character as they are. But we almost put our own personality into those characters, especially ones that you create yourself. But yeah, do people understand our hobby? No, I still don't think they do. I still think we've got to be careful about who we, not even be careful, but I think there, there is still a bit of cautiousness sometimes. And admittedly and shamefully, there is. And I don't want that to be. And I, I want to make more stands for there not to be. And in the last kind of five years, I've tried to make a point not to, to do that. And, and I felt really good the other birthday party day where I went to that thing and stomped on those guys. Yeah. And he yeah, was like, oh, so uh, yeah, I did. And he only played 10 hours of Dead by Daylight. So I stomped on him and he was like, oh, what rank are you? And I was like, red. And he was like, oh, shit. I've never Imagine talking rank. smack after only playing 10 hours of Dead by Daylight. Like, if you haven't played at least 200 hours of that game, you can't even talk about it. It wasn't even that. It was, more just, it was the look. That's the thing that hurts the most. It's the mm-hmm. look before they even open their mouth of like, why do you want to know? Because you wouldn't know about it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the pure judgment. And it's kind of, no one does that about, I don't know, uh, what the notebook book. <laughs> it's just, nobody does that about Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely is a thing. And I definitely think that some people just need to be a bit more educated because there is a game for everybody. There are people who listen to this pod who I know who are like, I don't play games, but I love the pod because I just love hearing about different different people's experiences love hearing about the types of games that are out there and then there are people who have bought games from our pod because they felt like it relates to them or connects with them in some way that they'd find it fun and it doesn't mean they have to be and I think that's really fun about games is that you don't have to be a hardcore gamer to to jump in and enjoy something it can be as much or as little as you want I would much rather spend my time playing a game you know I mean like life is about what you enjoy and you shouldn't not enjoy it 
because other people look down upon it yeah. unless it's murdering children then you definitely shouldn't enjoy that or do it but you know I used to film a real struggle with I shouldn't be doing this right now I should be reading a book I should be going outside I should be going on a walk and then I thought fuck that I really enjoy this why would I want to spend my Saturday doing something that I don't really enjoy that might be a bit fun versus something that I would really genuinely miss you like what you like and you should be happy about that and you should be proud of that and you should embrace that don't do it just because someone else looks down on you why give them the power to decide what you like to do Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And on that note, I think we should leave it there. <laughs> um, okay, we'll leave it with, the, with this. If you could choose one game to show someone who doesn't understand what we love about games, what would you show them? Uh, Miles? Oh, my God, that's a really tough question. Um, the one I always think to was Life is Strange because at the time of my life that I played it, it just had such... You talked about, like that really visceral impact on you emotionally. And I think Life is Strange was that one. But growing up, it was Metal Gear Solid 3. The ending to Metal Gear Solid 3 ruined my life for like a week. And like, it was the first time I realised a video game was more than just something that I played for fun. It could genuinely create like a fiction that I bought into, a world that I could buy into and believe. So I'm going to say Metal Gear Solid 3 just because it was the first one to do it. Okay. Good shout. Cat, what do you reckon? That is so hard. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> I don't know, you know, because I think like that's like saying, you know, if you could show any film to anybody to show them what films are, oh, I guess you could answer that probably. I, I don't know. I guess it depends what they were looking for. Spider Man, No Way Home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess it depends what type of person they are. I'd try and match that personality in some way or get them to relate to it. I think Life of Strange is an absolute shout because it's so emotional. I'd really have to think on it, you know. I, it wouldn't be something I. In my in my mind, what made me fall in love with games was Tomb Raider. So mm. I would maybe show them just, but then again, they wouldn't appreciate it because it'd be PS2. So I'd try to find something that that matched what they wanted to do. Like even if it was just like you know, people ask me all the time, "Oh, I really like bouncing around, but I don't want to fight anyone." Do you know what I mean? Like I don't like combat; or it's scary. You know, so I might show them something like Mario or like Cool Guys. Yeah, just you know, you've got to match it to their personality. So I don't think there's an easy answer for that at mm. all. But I love me some Spyro, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably would be Tomb Raider, or it would be yeah. I, I guess I'd match it to the personality, but it'd probably be Tomb Raider. Let's be honest, it's got to be my name is Mayo. Yes. Oh my god, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. My name or is Mayo. Is Santa's the king. workshop. <laughs> It might even be Grand Theft Auto, you know, because I think there's so much diversity of Grand Theft Auto because you can be like, look, 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 we can follow the rules and we can follow all the traffic rules for the banter, or we can play how many traffic violations can we get in the next 30 minutes, or we can play shoot them up and try and get away. I think Grand Theft Auto is a very versatile game that you could give to, you could give a controller to anybody for Grand Theft Auto and they would make their own game out of it. Look at that. This this podcast has come full circle. I know. 
fuck's so actually, sake. I, I think I think my answer probably would be Grandpa Photo, you know. Oh my god, yeah. stop yeah. feeding this. Interesting. No, because you do, because you think about it and you can just drive around and be like, Yeah, just driving around. And I think you can give that to a kid and they drive around, you give it to an old lady and they drive around Have you ever seen the old people on the React channel where the old people make play Grand Theft Auto? It's the fucking funniest thing. It's, it's like 15 minutes of pure joy. Please watch it if you do. It's on the React channel and it's um like old 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 people play Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Hilarious. And I think that's so true is that you make what you do because GTA 5, and I would give them GTA 5 mind, is so open world that you can kind of just stand there, you can, you know, punch pedestrian, which is really funny for no reason, you know, get that money, or you can chase the police and then it'd be like, oh, the police is after me. And then you'd be like, okay, let's drive on the train tracks. Does that still work in the update? It sure does. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> or you can just, you know, rave them out. I, yeah, I'd probably give them GTA 5. And then Ros- I'd be like, oh, but there's a whole story to this as well. Roscoe, did you secretly like plant a seed of corruption that's just slowly enveloped cat over the course of this <laughs> podcast so that you could have this moment at the end? I feel betrayed. No. By both of you, I feel betrayed. I genuinely feel like a lunar cipher has just happened. I can't believe that. If you were to like literally clip the beginning and the end of this podcast, you would think that I brought my sister on. <laughs> well, what can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> what would you do? What, what, what would you give, Ross? Oh, um, Edith Finch, every time. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good shot. Because there's uh, nothing, was, there's, right. there's nothing like you to finish it. It's a ten out of ten experience. <laughs> and it's, it's an eight out of ten. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's an eight out of ten. Maybe a seven, seven or eight. Have you have you played that level from the back? <laughs> have you? Yeah. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not having a discussion again, but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. decent. It's it's worth playing. I swear to fucking God, Miles Thompson. <laughs> I'm seeing you guys this week, aren't I? So yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have this live. We're gonna we're have, we're, have chats. Yeah. F- fifty yeah. cuffs will be had when I yeah. say it's uh, an eight out of ten. Experience. We will we will shout over our pizzas. It's gonna be very exciting. <laughs> I look forward to it. Maybe a pizza will get thrown. Who knows? A team meeting. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, right then, let's get into. Well, God, we are running over, but very quickly, let's get into our recommendations. Kat, what's your recommendation for the week? My recommendation is a thing that got me completely through COVID, and that is a show called Down to Earth. Now, you would probably think it is some shitey, cheesy Hollywood star just faffing around, and it really isn't. So it's Zac Efron's documentary, and he travels the world with a nutritionist uh, called Darren, um, who's a famous nutritionist in his own right. He writes a lot of books about health, and they... They go around the world. They just, they just, I don't know. It, it was just really good. It really got me through. Well, my brain couldn't cope with gaming anymore because I was doing too much and I was too sensorily overloaded. I, I could just put that on. And it was just really interesting stuff about such like, you know, France has free water everywhere. It has access to free water every like it has an app where you can just walk like 10 steps and you can get and vending machines don't sell bottles of water they sell just bottles so that you can go and get your water just stuff like that and they talk to 
uh, like the council about that and they talk to you know how did they put that in it's just interesting stuff they talk a lot about food and why Sardinia has the most um, people who are over a hundred living in the city and they go in interview some people and they think it's down to like the pasta and the sun and you see Zac Efron nearly cry with the fact that he gave up carbs for Baywatch when really it would have made him live longer if he'd just eaten some pasta um it's a really interesting show if you like that kind of thing or if you're just interested in just knowing a little bit more about the environment they go to I think they go to Iceland they go to they go to London they go to France they go to Sri Lanka I think they go to loads of places um and it's just super interesting uh so that's my recommendation it's on Netflix I think season two is going to come out end of this year hmm. so very interesting you know for someone who comes fresh out of high school musical and does all the like lad 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 shows you know he's kind of turned his life around yeah i got i got no beef with zach efron i think he's yeah. turned into a really cool actor yeah i love, yeah. Um, I love neighbors and bad neighbors he did with seth rogan that was great yeah yeah um, i'm not sure what he's done to his face but he's uh yeah that photo is a bit dodged but <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I got nothing but love for zach efron he's all right yeah yeah it's a good show yeah uh miles uh, mine was Salt and Sacrifice, for I'm allowed to talk about this, I think I am. Um, I got to play the beta this weekend, and it's coming out on May the 10th, if I remember right. Um, it's like a 2D Souls combat type experience, so it's very challenging, it's very hard, you get beaten down a lot by regular enemies and by bosses. Uh, I got to play the first area, and it works like Demon Souls, so there's like a hub area where you're safe, lots of NPCs, uh, you can find people out in the world who then travel there, you can then speak to them and buy stuff. Um, and yeah, it's challenging. One boss kicked my ass about four times. I had to ask someone to come in and help me beat, beat them down. Uh, I think the the attack animations need a bit of tweaking, but otherwise it was really good. It managed to capture souls in a 2D format, which is really tough to do in terms of exploration, but the use of verticality and depth was really good. Um, yeah, it's now on my radar. It was a sequel to Sultan Sanctuary originally, uh, which I never played, but this one looks really, really cool. So... Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on it for when it releases in May now. It should be good. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, your write-ups this week? Yeah, I've already written it up. I think, yeah, it just needs to go up at some point. I don't know when it's going up. But um, yeah, it should be up soon. No, I'll throw it up tomorrow. We've got nothing else to do. Why not? (laughs) Why not? Why not? Uh, My recommendation. My recommendation is a film called Fresh. It is on Disney Plus. And it stars everyone's favorite superhero, Sebastian Stan. Or Bucky Barnes. and Daisy Edgar Jones. And that is all I'm going to say about Fresh. Because this film fucked me up. But I, if I tell you why, it'll ruin the whole thing. All I've seen about this film is that is the dance scene. It's this that slow, creepy-ass dance scene, is, which I really want to watch. Is a thriller that is... You will never, never see it coming. Not in a million years. If you do, I'll give you 20 quid. All right. There's a deal. I loved this movie. And I I don't want to ruin it for anyone, so I can't say any more about it. But it's just a fucking great film. And I highly recommend checking it out because it is unlike anything I've seen for a long time. And yeah, the performances are great. The music's great. It's just a great film. So go check out Fresh now on Disney Plus or if you're in the US on Hulu. So, yeah, it absolutely rocks. All uh, right, then let's go to out this week. My God, what a week we've got. Uh, May 21st, which is uh, today. So these games are already out. 
Itor is out on the PC. Zero Escape Nonary, the Nonary Games is out on PC. Also, March 24th, we have a Memoir Blue coming to PC and PS5. The Ascent is coming to PlayStation at last. That's um, the old uh, Xbox exclusive is now moving over to PlayStation. It's a damn-ass good game. I played it on Game Pass on my crunky old Xbox One S, and the frame rate was terrible, but then I played it on a series, and it was much, much better. So it's going to be super shiny on PlayStation, and we may or may not have a review about it this week. I mean, who knows, Miles? Who knows? Who could possibly know anything about that, surely? Christ, what a bloody weekend you've had. My God. Honestly, busy times. God, you're the cat that got the cream. Luckiest motherfucker on the planet, this guy. <laughs> I have done guy. very well. Very well. <laughs> Uh, March 25th, I'm sorry to say that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands comes out on Xbox and PS4 and PC. At least Sean's um, excited. That bought a shot. Oh, my God, Sean. Cannot wait for this goddamn thing. Um, also, March 25th is such a game called Ghostwire Tokyo. That also really comes good. out this Thursday, and it's very, very good, according to Miles. Go check out his review right now on Fingerguns.net. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and Ghostwire on the same day. What is Sean Davies going to do? Okay. He's going to buy them both. That's what he's going to do. He's going to buy them both because that's what he does. Also, that Kirby in the Forgotten Land, that Kirby game that looks a bit like a pappy version of The Last of Us, that's out this week on March 25th. Um, this big old open world Kirby game, um, which we've seen a fair bit on the Nintendo Directs. Uh, yeah, that's out this week. And it looks pretty dope. If I had a Switch, I would be all over it. Um, so yeah, those are your big ones this week. It's not a bad week at all. Next week. Oh my God. Miles Weird West is out next week. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? Oh. oh, does it ever end? Does it ever end? Because that one's out, and then fucking Lego Star Wars is out, and I just... Oh. I just... There's just so many games that I want to play, and not enough time to play them all. I still haven't played Horizon yet. Godfall is coming to Xbox. Wow. Tumbleweed. That's the thing. Mm. Oh, wait, oh, the House of the Dead remakes also are... Um, the following week and i wish that was coming to ps5 i love the house of the dead it's coming to switch only but um yeah i'd love to play that again oh man weird west can't wait to play that right then that does bring us on a to the thinking Guns podcast thank you all very much steve for listening ladies and gentlemen don't forget if you want to follow us you can follow us absolutely everywhere just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places if you want to follow us on twitter you can go to at fngrgns if you want to follow us individually you can all of our Handles are in the description below, except for Miles, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can follow us on there. You can keep the podcast live and all its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for this hefty Fingers podcast. Cat comes back on looking over 45 minutes because added to the podcast. That's what I like to see. God, imagine <laughs> if we did the quiz as well. Christ, we still <laughs> we'll be here for hours. Um, thank you, Kat. I hope you've enjoyed your return to the pod. Always, always. Thank you for having me. It is goodbye from Ghost Miles Tokyo. See you later. It is goodbye from the Nora Cat Champion. Bye bye. And it is goodbye from a Roscoe story. That's me. I'm Roscoe. I will see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast.